0: up you beautiful people this is gary horn and this is this is pro wrestling it is the show discussing the history legacy tradition wow wow hold
1: on hello beautiful people i'll take it from here this is this is pro wrestling the show celebrating the past present future history legacy and tradition of the greatest sport of all time i'm talking about pro wrestling
2: i got it from here i got it from here
1: Hello, you beautiful people. <laughs>
2: first beautiful of all,
0: people. It's, it's what's up, you beautiful people. we oh, uh,
2: changing, changing it up a bit,
0: man. Yeah, what's it's up, what's up, up, you beautiful people. This is Gary Horde. And this is Pro Wrestling, the podcast or show talking about the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest sport of all time, professional wrestling. And I am one of your hosts, Gary Horde. You heard at Hey, It's Will. Hey, Will. Hi. You also heard at this is Dr. Stinson. There he is right down there. That's this guy. Oh, that beautiful bastard. Oh man. We are off a trip down to Grimsley, Tennessee to see some wrestling. And uh, we're all the way back here to to be here for you people. We are so happy to see you. This has been a big week of professional wrestling. You had, an NWA title defense. You had a Monday Night Raw at AEW Dark and AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT and WWE SmackDown and MLW, uh, ROH, Impact. You, Impact. you had, uh, uh, but, but most Pro. importantly of all, yeah, Mission Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. Run It Back was also on Friday. And I hope that you all saw it. And if you didn't, well, we're going to talk about it. So you're going to know everything you need to know about it. So that's the, the beauty part of this show. And uh we're going to convince you why you should on February 6th, tune in for the very next one, because it's a big deal. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. We're so happy to see you Woodland goblin, Ryan Romano, Dr. Red, the nation show. Uh, Who else am I missing in there? I don't know. Just a you got, lot of, ya. you
2: Yeah, James Lawrence hanging out in there. You got Brian Rose up in that mode.
0: Yep so many people so little time thank you all for being here and fellas uh let's see where do we start we talk a little bit about the trip uh i think james Lawrence is asking how was the show uh so i guess that's a good place to begin so we'll start with on thursday night will and i thursday morning will and i got in a car together and we got on the road to Grimsley, Tennessee, where we met Dr. Rob Stinson, and uh, we got to stay at an Airbnb. We uh, somehow...
2: Not bad. But, uh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know, man. I don't know what happened.
1: There's, there's one rule, Rob. There's only one rule here, and that's mute your computer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one rule. Done. STFU that's the rule uh so anyway here we are and we stayed in grimsley tennessee actually cross crossville tennessee i think is where we were at and we were there to see the champion nicholas altis <laughs> 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 oh man the national treasure the dealer he defended the nwa world's heavyweight championship against brian pillman jr there was so much else that went on on that card but uh, if you weren't able to be there, I can just, I'll start off by saying it was a blast. I had a good time at that show. It was a cool little venue. And we saw a lot of people that you haven't seen in a long time. Like we saw Sandoval. Sandoval was there. It was good to see him. It was good to see artist Brian Lang, who's a part of the hashtag NWA fam. He was there. There was just so many. Uh, Enzo was there. Uh, you remember. uh but up. A- boom, Realest guy in the rope. How you doing? Enzo was there. Got to hang out with him a little bit. And uh, also the Cowboy James Storm was there. Got to hang out with him. He wasn't even a match. He was just there, hanging out. And uh, so it was cool. It was in the middle of nowhere, but it was kind of neat to see who showed up just hanging around. And uh, anyway, Rob, I'll throw to you first. This was your second time being there, but... Uh, points of note that you had from Grimsley, Tennessee that you think we should uh, hit on?
2: Man, uh, Grimsley, Tennessee is, if you think about like, I I live in the Chattanooga area. So the Thorntons were, were a big deal back here, back in the sixties and seventies. And when you go to Grimsley, Tennessee, man, you get that feeling. I mean, it is an old school auditorium. It's a, it's a, now a, 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 a local, um, Performance center, they call it, but essentially it's an old gym uh, with wooden floors, still got wooden bleachers on the side. You got backboards, you know, you got uh, all this kind of stuff going on. They've got a fantastic stage, very spacious Um, at this particular venue. I think uh, on this event, I've been at other events there, but there were 300 people there, maybe very spaced out, you know, very safe. You uh, um, you People were accounting for social distancing. They did a good job as far as uh, taking account of that. Um, but it is a great venue with a great crowd, man. It's a loud crowd. They appreciated us being there because we are very vocal. If you, uh, you know, uh, when, when this when this match makes the light of day, and there were several great matches on this, and maybe we'll run through it uh, just briefly at some point. But uh, when you see this, you're going to hear a lot of noise. Probably ninety percent of that noise came from the trio. <laughs> And then, and then, yeah.
1: It came and then, from yeah. it came from the duo. Came from you
2: two. Would
0: Rob and I get to a show? We go get rowdy. That's that's just what's up.
1: I don't. You know, the the I problem don't was play. I had the problem was I had one less whiskey shot than you two. So I think you guys were like, I was here. You guys were like, right here.
0: You're we gonna were, learn, yeah. buddy. This is just my wrestling show thing. I I just. <laughs> I I want the wrestlers to get reactions. So I effing deliver every time. Like, I'm going to get crunk for whoever I need to get crunk for. And most likely, get crunk for whoever the opposite of whoever you (laughs) drop. If Rob's Rob's getting crunk for somebody, I'll be crunk for whoever's uh, opposite of Rob.
2: I'm like, like, yeah, Dream Girl Ellie. And he's like, the other dude, the other dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Don't,
3: nobody yeah.
0: nobody No, out. <laughs> That's yeah,
2: right. We uh crowd was interacting with us. They they we had several people come up, like man, you guys gotta come all the time, dude. Y'all this y'all add so much to the show. They didn't need us though. The show was fantastic. You had a lot of great matches on this. We saw some regional talent being elevated. One of my favorite guys. To see is uh, Alex Taylor. He was not there at this show, but he is one that's done this show. Jeremiah Plunkett, Frankie P, Cat. Uh, uh, we all know is Danny Deals uh, has done this before, and they 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 frequent this. The champions of this promotion are Brian Pillman Jr. He holds the One Two Seven Championship, and Ellie, uh, the Dream Girl, or Dream Girl Ellie, She is the Women's Champion, and they are worthy champions, man. They they are the real deal. They put on a good show, but you had. Multiple credible, entertaining, fun, engaging matches from top to bottom. One in which Enzo is involved in. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, and of course we had none other than uh, the champion Brian Pillman Jr., the local champion, defending his no, excuse me, taking on having his shot, his crack in a prize fight against the man who holds the real world's title, Nick Aldis, and uh, that's just history, uh, you know, history making. We cannot. Miss this opportunity to be there. Uh, people will be talking about this. I know Grimsley will be talking about this for years. We had a blast, man. We went in there with full stomachs. We went to Hibachi, <laughs> a very, very originally named restaurant, Super Hibachi, right? Or a Hibachi Super Buffet.
0: There's and, Brian uh, Lake in the chat, by the way. Shout out, Brian Lake. We already mentioned you. Just so you know, you got mentioned, buddy. We were talking about you. Anyway, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry.
2: No, man. And, and that's it, man. We had Brian Lang come out there. We had Santa Volga. These are Brian Lang traveled all the way from Calhoun, which is an hour below me. You guys came from Greenville. I came, I was probably the closest. I come from Chattanooga. I'm only in you know two hours, hour and a half, two hours from there. You guys drove what, four and a half hours? Brian Lang drove a good solid three hours. Brian Lang, one of the great folk artists here in the in the region. He's done some Beautiful folk art for us that humbled us and, and really touched us, and uh, and we got to meet him. We've been wanting to meet him for a long time, and he will tell you this: this show was stacked, bro. We we had a blast. We had a blast from bell to bell, and uh, we've been talking since then about man, we got to do more Tennessee wrestling. Tennessee wrestling is where it's at.
0: Well, will uh, a lot of times? I, I mean, one of the things I keep seeing Brad Lane talk about online. He's, uh, you know, you you pointed this out to us earlier, but. Uh, just to steal that thunder from you. Uh, Brian Lang's doing the Lord's work. He is uh, out there promoting the shows and stuff. And he talks about it being like an old territory show and being a great experience. Uh, part of that, I think, is something that Rob briefly touched upon that uh, you never know who's going to be there. The event is so tiny that you can talk to pretty much anybody. Like you you never know who you're going to run into. You never know who you're going to talk to. It's a really cool experience to be there. Uh, but Will, I think this was your first time in Tennessee wrestling just as it was mine. What, what were your thoughts?
1: Oh man, I, mean, it was great, man. It was, it's, it's been, uh, over a year since I've been to live wrestling, November 6th, uh, 2019, I went to AEW dynamite in Charlotte. So that was the last time I saw any live wrestling. Um, so I, I was Jones for Fort, man, I, I was ready as soon as we had the opportunity <clears throat> to go and, and, you know, sit front row and, and watch the champ defend the title. Um I've been excited about about this for weeks. So it uh it lived up to expectations, man. I had no preconceived notions going into the venue. And you know, Rob's talked to us a little bit about it. And so uh, you know, but I I had no idea what to expect. And man, I mean, it, it did. It felt just like a a Good, solid, you know, territorial is a great way to describe it. And the thing that stuck out to me was how well done it was. So I'm a production guy. I, I'm a I'm a uh, you know media uh, specialist and all that stuff. So I like when production is done well and stories mm-hmm. are well thought through. And I mean, this was a top notch show, man. I mean, I've been to shows in the past that were in gymnasiums that were like, eh, who threw this together? You know what I mean? And there was no music. There was no nothing. And I'm not knocking shows like that. But for me, that's all part of the experience. And then 127 Pro Wrestling, they've got the experience down. Big, huge screen, backdrop, loud music, good lighting, um, great announcing, great great talent, top to bottom. I mean, there was nobody in any of the matches that I was like, mm. Maybe they're not ready to be here yet, you know, which is a lot of times, unfortunately, something that happens in local type shows. I mean, this was a very buttoned up, top notch promotion. And, you know, you got to look no further than who their champions are to establish that. Brian Pillman Jr., Dream Girl, Ellie, these are these are established. These are people who have appeared multiple times on AEW, um, people that are well represented across pro wrestling. Um, and so it was just a great experience, man. And And the thing that really stuck out to me was the the and that'll resonate with us and fans of our show is the reverence that they they give to the 10 pounds of gold. It, it was not a novelty match. It was not a you know something thrown in there. The night was built around the fact that Nick Aldous, the real world champion, was here in Grimsley, Tennessee, you know, and that's that's how it's supposed to be. You know, it's it's not belittling to the rest of their promotion. It's just them recognizing, hey, we got our thing going on. But the N.W.A., that is this big overarching thing. And we are fortunate enough to have the champion here defending that title in our promotion. And I mean, the reaction from the crowd, the way that the match went down, um, all of that was done with the highest amount of respect for the National Wrestling Alliance. And um, yeah, it was just great top to bottom.
0: Yeah, uh, that's 100% true. I mean, a lot of things you just said, Will. I mean, I I was very impressed with the look of the place. Um, Just having its own ramp and the big screen. That's not what you expect walking into a smaller venue like that, I don't think. And then, um, yeah, just there was a lot of respect paid for the National Wrestling Alliance. And it was treated as the world championship. As opposed to, I mean, like you said, I mean, Brian Pillman's in there as... Uh, their champion, and uh, they definitely still were bold enough to go ahead and say Nick Aldis is the world's heavyweight champion. Here he is walking in here right now. It was a big deal for Brian Pillman to get a shot at him, and uh, we also got a chance to meet Brian Pillman, very cool guy. Uh, but Rob, you you had something else to say? It looks like
2: I did. Uh, again, just piggybacking on what you both have said, I wanted to kind of uh, put over uh, Brian Lang. Uh, who's been active in social media, uh, uh, Will alluded to this. Uh, there was some some very interesting debate going on about the nature of the opponents of uh, Nick Aldis. And Brian Lang, man, he argued essentially what we've been arguing the whole time, that, you know what, whatever. The NWA is not like other promotions. It is a, what do we call it? Put, the, put it down there in a scroll bar, man. It's a meta... <laughs> meta promotion. Hashtag meta promotion, guys. The NWA is not like beholden to a, a roster of its own. It is the belt that can, with uh, with integrity and with um, you know with uh, precedent, be taken anywhere in the world in any promotion and be defended as the legitimate championship. And so, uh, Brian Lang, hats off to you for doing a great job, arguing the point, making a great case against a less-than-gracious uh, debater. Uh, you held yourself well with dignity, and uh, the NWA is a meta, Meta promotion, remember that guy.
1: There you go. There there you go. go. <laughs> no, and, I, and I'll say, I mean, you know, just so you guys can hear it from us, uh, there's a lot of debate, there's a lot of negativity. I mean, the internet wrestling community, unfortunately, there's going to be negativity no matter what you do. I mean, the NWA could be putting on the greatest shows known to man, and there'd still be people chirping on there. So, you know, it's not about going on and, and arguing, but. Uh, It is nice to have you guys in the NWA fam being beacons of light out there, realizing that, hey, we're fans of pro wrestling. We're not we're not trying to to shape the business to our liking. We're just trying to enjoy. And what we got to enjoy Thursday night was a pro wrestling treat. There was nothing bad about it. There was no downside to it. It was an incredible, wonderful night of professional wrestling. And as a fan, if you can't look at that and appreciate it, then maybe you're not a fan. You know what I mean? Maybe you're maybe you're a a criticizer or a a wrestling critic and not a fan. So that's 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 my thing. And so I I didn't really get involved in those conversations that I saw because, again, Brian Lang was doing a great job of kind of being our ambassador in there and saying, guys, just enjoy it. Just be a fan. Um, And so as someone that was there, I can tell you it was a great event. It was a great night for for the National Wrestling Alliance, for for the champ. And uh it was just a fun time all around. I was glad I got to go. Well, also
0: important to mention is that the champ did retain and he right is down. still he is still
1: <laughs> well, your... Rob's not Rob's not crying, so I guess everyone right. assumed that.
2: <laughs> There's some yeah. footage out there of, of me having a near a near <laughs> uh widow maker heart attack though, because there was a couple <laughs> near falls. I mean Brian Pim Jr. was on his A game and he took the champ to the limit. I promise you, uh, like like a like a credible contender should, and uh, you know there were a couple of moments where I was like, "Oh my gosh, guys, uh, hey hey, mama, I'm coming home," you know. But uh, as it as it was, <laughs> champ, there's still the champ. This is the big one, Louis. I'm coming.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think we any of us thought that that was going to happen. But what if, like, the one time <laughs> that we all drive? <laughs> To Tennessee to see a show that that's when the title changes that would be that would have been
0: crazy. Hey man, that would tell you to keep you on your toes like anything could happen ever. I I'll never forget. uh Just uh, sort of on a side note, I I mean I used to watch WWE regularly and Superstars was like the only thing I can get. And the first day that brett the Hitman Hart walked out with the world's heavyweight championship of WWE. Like, as the champion, it blew my freaking mind. And that was like where they announced it. He had won against Ric Flair on essentially a house show in, uh, was it like Ontario or somewhere, like Karate? I think think it's something like that. Um, But yeah, they did. It was not like a televised event. He won the World's Heavyweight Championship. And uh, man, I remember losing my mind. It was just like, you never know. I remember Edge one time winning the Intercontinental title on a house show. And so every once in a while, WWE would like slip those in
1: there. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting with NXT back, they had won it, or either Finn Balor or, or Samoa Joe won it at an NXT house show. It changed hands between those two, maybe a couple of times. Uh, and I think maybe even Shinsuke... Uh, won it back or lost it at a house show. So NXT was on that path to kind of recreate some of that excitement. Um, That whole landscape has obviously changed a little bit now um, with, you know, we're in a pandemic and they're not doing house shows, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's always really fun. I always thought that was super cool. It made it more real because when I would go to like a WCW house show here in Greenville, It was, you know, you never knew because you heard about it from time to time that, you know, the title would change hands and you got Sting versus Rick Rude for the U.S. title. I mean, you never know. It could it could happen. So it just helps contribute to that that authenticity.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, we got a big show today. We got a lot to talk about, plenty of news to go through, plenty of recaps, plenty of whatever you want to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk to you guys in the chat room. If you're just joining us for the first time and you're watching, you're not in the chat room, just know on YouTube, you can be a part of the chat room. It is live, just like we are. These folks are talking and having a good time. And uh, we even hit a segment a little bit later on where we throw to them and let them discuss whatever they want to discuss. And we, we, make our topics about all of you, the community. But uh, also just want to throw in there that if you are new, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you haven't already, just on that YouTube, it helps us out a lot if you hit that subscribe button and hit that like button. Uh, Let's people know uh, that we're out here. Five-star reviews on the podcast, on iTunes. That's a big deal too. Just any of those things. If you get some extra time, we will be eternally grateful to you. We're going to jump into some news. We got a Mission Pro Wrestling, run it back, special report with a special guest. That's coming up. We got, there's plenty to talk about, so we're not going to waste any more of your time. Fellas, let's get in the loop. Wow, well, we're back. Here we are. And uh, I just saw something happen down here at the bottom of my screen. So I'm not going to waste any time with like BS news. We got to welcome a special guest already. Is that, <laughs> is, is that cool with you guys?
1: Bring it on. It, who is
0: it? Who, it. is it? who is it? Who is it? Who could it be? Who could it be? Who? Who? Somebody that'll probably trash talk me, but here he is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh.
2: It's, it's,
4: it's baby Yoda. Oh, baby.
3: What?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, good evening, uh, Will and Rob. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice, yes. Thank you for
1: joining the bearded duo. Yeah, oh. yes. thank
4: you. Thank you. I, I was trying to say. not shave this weekend so I could fit in a little bit, but it didn't work out. Oh,
1: <laughs> close enough.
4: This yeah. right, is right, you,
1: right. you could just say you use Manscape.
4: Yeah, I did. There you go. There promo. you go. I sent
1: him
2: my, my two So
1: whoops,
0: wrong one. <laughs> there it is. Pod gets you uh twenty percent off of free shipping at manscaped.com. Thanks. Uh, anyway, Brian Rosa, welcome to the show. Thank, the, you, thank uh, you, The the man involved with mission pro wrestling. He is he is the, he is the man of mission pro wrestling. I think I heard you call nah. him that on
2: the show. Nah true <laughs> not true That's he, he, Thunder Rosa run around I've been to most of these shows Ryan Romano's been one Thunder Rosa runs around doing all this work and Brian just sits back like this oh,
4: yeah, sure
2: <laughs> I, I, wish I, I wish I
4: was the case I couldn't even wake up this morning because of that very long weekend very long weekend
0: oh i bet uh so i didn't get to watch this show right on the night of i just actually got to watch it recently and uh it's a hell of a show but run it back if you guys missed it took place on friday and uh we got our first ever mission pro world champion uh also had some other amazing matches some surprising matches uh that i didn't even know to expect maybe it was advertised but like even uh uh, Allison K in there. It was just a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. So we're going to, we're going to do that right now. Um, Rob, I'm going to do this for you. Since Brian hates the sound of my voice. And since you're <laughs> our, since you're our dude, who's been to the mission pro, do
2: you want to walk us through like the, uh, the, yeah, I'll I'll let you do that. Well, you can't, you can't even begin a discussion about mission bro without talking about Britton Nicole, who uh is very vibrant in wrestling in the southeast not just at mission pro she has her own uh little show out in Shawmet Louisiana called Elevate it's fantastic and she is uh she is the brain behind that and of course her and Holiday on commentary the one and only Shaw Guerrero uh in the ring looking amazing has a fantastic voice uh doing the ring announcing this is of course the daughter of Eddie Guerrero and uh very close relationship with Thunder Rosa. She's a, uh, it's just fantastic seeing her and seeing the generations carry throughout. And her love for this sport is, is you just have to see her to know that uh, everything she says, she feels and she, she does it with conviction, but we open this show. We opened the show with a fantastic match between the current SWE fury champion, Miranda Gordy, uh, Miranda Gordy from bad street USA. She is a Brad street beauty from Atlanta, Georgia against Killer Kate who has over the last few months become one of my favorite women wrestlers in the world. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, Brian. Killer Kate versus Miranda Gordy.
4: Well, at this point in the show, I really wasn't able to settle down that much to watch it, but I did watch it on the replay. Um, as if you know as you you might not know, but actually uh, Miranda Gordy lost the title the following night, so she's no longer the SWE Fury wow. Champion. Um, but during that match with Killer Kate, she really um, displayed dominance and took her to town it was about an eight minute match um, pretty solid opener um like i said i wasn't able to enjoy it live right away because we were still you know the first shows first two shows is always kind of hectic getting things in order and stuff like that but um they got the crowd going that was kind of the you know the start off that we needed so i really uh, enjoy the match on the replay
0: there were a lot of debuts uh, this week on mission, uh, on Run It Back. Uh, it was pretty impressive to see. It's always cool to see new faces come in. And, uh, and of course, we've got our favorites that we get to see every time that we hope to keep seeing. So it's gonna you're going to make it tougher the more people you bring in that we fall in love with. But uh, the uh, Miranda Gordy, the, the cool part about this match was uh, they, they did a classic, like, Miranda Gordy is just too powerful for Killer Kate, or Killer Kate, and then Killer Kate is... Uh, for those of you who don't know a submission specialist she's she's like very technical very good like uh jitsu trained like just uh it, it was cool seeing her try to work around her at the end of the day it wasn't enough uh miranda gordy coming out on top in this one but uh i, I thought it was a really cool uh start to the show i mean i think technically the pre-show but uh it was a it was a fun match i i, I don't uh, I, I think I'd forgotten that this match was even happening. So it was a nice surprise for me.
4: Yeah. When you have nine matches taking place, you kind of forget a couple of them, you know, cause you're usually highlighting four or five of them, but um, not to take anything away from the SWE champion or former champion, you know, but um, putting together nine matches, you have to formulate when to put them on the card and, you know, that kind of, they just kind of fell into that place. So usually, like, by the time you finish watching the show, you kind of forget about the first two or three matches. But I think they still did a great job. Yeah.
2: Yes. I be remiss that I didn't point out a couple of things. One, that <clears throat> we did have a special referee in this match, and that is Burt Dixon, who is, we've mentioned, as far as I'm concerned, one of the three brightest young stars in uh, uh, in in MPW, along with Maddie Rinkowski and, of course, Rachel Rose. I think Burt Dixon is in that trio of of names that you're going to see throughout. It's a matter of time before you see them appear on AEW Dark. Of course, they're going to be in NPW for a long, long time. Also, I wanted to point out that uh, the SWE Fury Championship, that is something that, for our viewers, has a deep connection to uh, the NWA. The current SWE Fury Men's Championship is held by, can anybody guess? Oh, yeah.
0: We'll jump right in there. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't I not know we were playing trivia, but yeah. That's yeah. one point for me.
2: <laughs> well, so we move uh we move past that match. Again, a fantastic opening match. This is the pre-show, guys. That's how it is. You always get a pre-show match. Uh past pre-show uh alumni include Jasmine Allure, who's another one of my favorites, man. She's just so gosh, unlikable. I mean, she's so unlikable that you love her, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> the pre-match is nothing Is nothing to frown at. It's a lot, a lot of fun, and that's the point. By the time the pre-match is over, this crowd is bought in, and if you ever go to a Pinball's Kingdom crowd and sit in that, you know it's lit. It's absolutely fun. So next we start the show, and we have a huge surprise. I did not see this coming. We have an in-ring spot by one of the greats. Among the greats right now living and active are Jazz, who may be the greatest. You got Thunder Rosa. You got Medusa. And who walks to the ring but Medusa? Go ahead, Brian. Well, Brian, yeah,
0: this was surprising. I'm, I'm going to say, like, you guys, I can't believe you held back on this. So sorry to jump in there. But this one blew my mind that you had Medusa. In. And when you talk about women's wrestling, I mean, this is, like, top-notch get, it feels like, for your show.
4: Well, you know how it was actually easy to keep it a surprise? is because, actually, none of us even knew about it. <laughs> not even me. So, um, not even thunder. Um, no one actually knew about it. It was talking on y'all's podcast and another podcast where I was talking about bringing monster trucks on. And oh, if I well, I can't bring a monster truck until I find a monster truck driver. So, someone was actually working on getting a monster truck, and they got a monster truck driver with Medusa. So mm-hmm. it was actually like me just talking smack on there, got somebody interested in bringing her over for us. So that was a pleasant surprise. You should have seen all the girls in the pre-show. Um, we did. We did find out on Thursday, but we didn't know on Friday. Um, the girls didn't know on Friday. They were all in the locker room, and we invited them all out to the ring. So uh, she had their back towards her, and then she turned around. All the girls just, you know, like, oh, what the hell, you know, like. And I, because I did kind of tell a couple of the girls, "Hey, we're going to have a special person age in your match. You know, don't get intimidated." And they're kind of looking at me like, well, "Who? Who can I be intimidated by?" You know. Uh, but then once they saw who was um, agent their match, they were a little intim- intimidated, you know? Yeah, I bet. I mean, Medusa is like one
0: of the legendary uh, competitors in, I mean, just in general, in the business. And especially when you talk about amongst like women wrestlers, I mean, she's she's done it all, like as, as yeah. much as you can in every promotion. So uh, oh, it was really cool to oh, see oh, this oh, thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah to yeah. see this come full circle and, and have her part of Mission Pro, it just felt right. Like it felt like, oh, you, yeah, this, this is this where she should show up here.
4: Yeah, we're and that that one. was thanks to um, one of our sponsors, Gorilla Press. So they they made that happen, and they they completely orchestrated that. You know, so we're forever thankful for that. You you never know
2: who's going to show up at Mission Pro. I'm telling you, we're sitting there, and I knew that jazz. <laughs> was involved in the in the locker room and that she's involved in training and all that. I knew that at the first show, but Jazz is just out there, man. And I'm like, I'm thinking, holy cow, Tanya, that's freaking Jazz. And Tanya is is ra- relatively novice to this. She's she's getting into it. She really loves Thunder Rosa, and that's the one who brought her into it. But I'm t- explaining to her, it's like you know, in the, in the pantheon of great all time women's wrestlers, you've got Mildred Burke, you've got the fabulous Moolah, you've got Jazz. You've got Alundra Blaze, you know, or Medusa, and you got Thunder Rosa. That is it, man. That's your – remember, Mount Rushmore was supposed to have five sculptures on it. That's your five right there. And, and Medusa, man, I'm just kicking myself that uh, I couldn't have been there. But hopefully, you know, we'll see her in future appearances.
0: You slept on the wrong show, Rob. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, <man.
2: laughs>
0: You're always going to be surprised. Yeah, like a uh, front row in the chat. I, I I got a chance to meet Medusa in uh, – crockett cup 2019 so it's cool to see her still uh going around and uh and getting stuff done but especially showing up in mission pro wrestling uh giving the uh giving the rub to the ladies there uh to to let you know this is the next the next step in uh women's professional wrestling
2: you can't ask for a bigger endorsement and she is there to present the crown to the first ever mpw champion whoever that's going to be this is the finals the culmination I'll turn him out of hell going on on this show. Fantastic.
0: Oh, who's TCB oh, no. at, at TX? Oh my God, Brittany and I are getting our dream Mission Pro monster truck.
4: <laughs> 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 Melanie's actually the head of production at Mission Pro. So nice. That's sweet. All right. Well, awesome. Rob, what? So
2: we open up uh, the, the show with the first official uh, match. We've got the beast genocide versus Amber Rodriguez, who is incidentally the current Elevate champion again. This is uh Brittany Nicole who's doing the uh, ringside commentary, this is her promotion. And uh, and we have uh, really two. Uh, we saw genocide take on woad uh, last time, and, and genocide kicks out those freaking Camille vibes, man. This is a beast. This is a a monster of a woman. She's a beautiful woman. She's uh, um, she's phenomenal. She's agile. She's powerful. She's technically crafted. And every opponent they throw of her is going to have to meet those criteria, and they throw one who certainly can do that, and that's Amber Rodriguez. Go ahead, Brian. Um,
4: this is another hard-hitting match, just what you expect from Genocide, you know, someone who's physically dominant. Um, she was still u- able to use her size to her advantage and overpower Amber, in the final. So, I mean, trying to find somebody to stop her, you know. So, if you listen to the commentary, you heard Holiday call out genocide a few times, you know. So, we're, there might be a possibility of a future opponent for genocide. So, um, and Amber Rodriguez did a great job in her first outing, you know. So, we're looking forward to possibly bringing her back. And um, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to find a way to stop genocide, this um, destruction so to speak tour that she's on also the the hard job
0: it feels like going into a matchup like this uh you know is you I don't want to walk over the fact that Amber Rodriguez was there and is the elevate uh pro women's champion uh she is a great she she had some really cool technical wrestling going on in this match that looked like it took genocide a little off her game at first as this went. But as it's been through every show so far, when you get into discussing a genocide match, uh it, it well, it becomes just that. It, it becomes the genocide match. Genocide is such a specimen and just impressive to see in the ring. And you just can't help, but and, and like Brian said, I mean, nobody's been able to beat her so far. So she is she is certainly a special attraction in Mission Pro Wrestling, and it's part of the reason you want to pay attention and watch because she's just incredible to see in the ring. I thought Amber had her for a few minutes, but it's like, once she, she gets uh, in tune with your game uh, genocide is pretty much impossible to stop. So I, Brian, how do you like when, when you're, when you're going out there and you decide you want to find somebody to stop her. I mean, I, I was calling, I feel like holiday. Dead's a good challenge. I, I, I was calling for that last time uh, on tournament out of hell. Holiday mentioned that. And I thought that if anybody could uh, introduce some violence to Genocide, holiday Dead would uh, be the person to maybe do that. She seems like she's in the mood for a hard-hitting match. But I don't know. What goes into choosing an opponent for Genocide, and how do you convince her to not uh, target that Mission Pro belt yet?
4: Well, she hasn't expressed any interest for the belt, so to speak, yet. So it's kind of like that monster in the waiting, you know. She, you might want to hold off on that, you know, Tease it a little bit, see if she can make it through all of her opponents first, maybe, you know, seven, eight opponents before she goes for that belt. But you know, when she goes for the belt, I'm pretty sure she's gonna have a very good chance of taking that belt. So no, no, um, no offense to LaRosa, um or whoever won the belt. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what is LaRosa, Andre but, um You know, but, um, Andre the Giant,
2: the people would always say that Andre the John was this, was was the competitor that at any time that he wanted, he could go in there and do what he wanted to, but he was so, such a beast that that wasn't his primary concern. And I'm thinking right now is just like just fanboying out here and, and doing like dream matchmaking for the future, uh celebrity, you know, dream booking. I'm thinking, gosh, man, look at the possibilities of a genocide. Obviously, holiday is one that we that, that comes to mind. But do you think we'll roast Negra, not to spoil anything, but of, of course. I mean, at some point, they're on a collision course. What's going to happen in that inevitable gr- getting up morning when Genocide and Thunder Rosa go toe-to-toe? I mean, those are the things. Those are the possibilities that are out there with this with this roster. And Genocide is very much a, a, a key part of that. Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan
0: Romano in the chat, by the way, just said he'd like to see uh, Lacey Ryan in there. So just another name yeah. to throw out there to get in the ring with Genocide.
4: Yeah, i mean no matter who she faces it's going to be um a very big challenge for them you know maybe we have to bring in someone if holiday don't get the job done maybe we bring in someone like camille or somebody like that you never know
0: that's the obvious one that that would gets tossed around like uh people people are interested in seeing that that's a uh, i don't know man that feels like a main event someday that that's a that's a big match it feels like
2: you never know that feels like about an April, about an April show. <laughs>
4: <About April, laughs> you We've know, you know, talked Rob. about matches on this card before, and they seem to happen on Mission Pro, so you never know. <laughs> there
1: yeah. it is. Well, we thought we thought Rob was doing the booking for a while. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> well,
2: maybe he is, you hey, know. You're dry. <laughs> <laughs> um man, that's this, the, this that's the, that's what they do out in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we got there hey, unspeakable things happening out in the shed with the water hose. <laughs> right, hold on. Hold on. That, that didn't sound right. Hold on now. I think that it sounded sound
1: right. how you meant it.
2: No. <laughs> uh, next match, man. Really a good match, dude. I This girl, Roche Chanel, a fashionista all the way from Paris, France, taking on Red Velvet, who is the prized student of La Rosa Negra, fresh off of an AEW dark Victory against Danny Jordan. We're seeing her pop up everywhere. She is a Mission Pro uh, alumnus. I think she was on the very first Mission Pro show that we went to. Um, this man, you got two superstars in this match right here. I'm telling you, man, just small, petite, athletic, fast, chirpy uh, women going at it, man. And one of my favorite matches of the night.
0: Chanel, Chanel was cool to see, but. Uh, like, I mean, she was great. Don't get me wrong. I I don't want to I don't want to overlook that. But I, I just have to say, like, uh, and Brian, I'm sure you've noticed this. I, I I think unless I'm crazy, Red Velvet, something clicked with her in like the last three or four months that she is. She just became a star. Like she just mm-hmm. something something major. Happened. I mean, I liked her the first time I saw her. I mean, she was cool. Something's happened over these last few months that she's like, I don't know if it's her trips to AEW or the time and Mission Pro or where exactly it clicked, but something turned on with Red Velvet. And now she is like, she's ready for like top-notch billing, it feels like.
4: Yeah, I would like to think it's a combination of both because, you know, at MPW, she's able to get a longer, longer matches and be able to like showcase her talent a little bit more. And she usually does it at um, AEW, but even at AEW, she's starting to really make a name for herself, you know, um, tagging up with Brandy and being in some of the, the bigger storylines. So you, n- you never know. Um, and this this match to me, I didn't have a lot of, um, say, like, um, expectations going in, you know, because I seen Ray Chanel on AEW and I really wasn't like, oh, OK, that's kind of a corny gimmick, you know, like, how is this going to work on our show? Um, and she's wrestled before with us on, for a baseball gimmick, but I tell you what, like on this match, this is when the show officially started, you know, because this is when the crowd really started to get into it. They really started to wake up. They were really entertained by Ray t- antics, you know, and then with, uh, red velvet's athleticism, you know, this, w- this could possibly be one of the matches of the night it was a really dark horse match that I was really like wow, they're really entertaining the crowd. They were really playing to the hard cam. They were really, you know, like, Rae was looking back at the hard cam every time she did something. So people on title match who could watch it when the stream wasn't going down um, were really able to enjoy that, you know. So um, I was really impressed by both of them, you know, and um, would definitely love to have both of them back. I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing them in the future. And then um, I know for a fact that Red Velvet has some big stuff coming up. On IEW, and um, just stay tuned because I definitely think that she's uh, definitely one of the women on the rise that you're gonna hear about a lot of stuff about her for years to come. You know, she's had a, a great trainer, um, other great trainers working with her. Dusty works with her now. Um, I mean, Dustin. Um, so, huge, huge things ahead for her. Yeah. Um,
2: it, it, and, uh, go, go ahead, Mark.
4: you uh, go ahead, man. man
2: don't know uh red velvet ends up uh pulling out this win at about the eight minute mark she has a uh, she has that standing drop kick to the face that she calls the just desserts uh after having survived i really love the name of this maneuver after uh, having survived a near fall after taking the designer boot which is roche chanel's uh, maneuver to the face um man great match dude. like like brian said maybe maybe contender for match of the night
0: i, I was just gonna throw in that, that that brian pointed out a uh really cool part of it that i did like and that's chanel's uh facial expression she just she just had a lot of that going on and that was that was cool it added a lot to the match but uh yeah um again uh the the i don't know i i I, I I always worry about like I feel like I'm stepping on somebody here, but like it's just red velvet walking out there this time something clicked with me as she was like entering the ring. I was like, man, she just like the charisma level just skyrocketed with her. I was like, something's different like there's just mm-hmm. she's just hitting on all cylinders right now like she's 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 doing it man i'm I'm really impressed but anyway,
1: go ahead rob
4: sorry is will over there? I haven't heard him <laughs> I'm
1: here. I'm here. I'm just taking it all in, man. I'm you made him there. nervous,
4: Brian. <laughs> he's running
2: our algorithms, man. We're we're at, a, we're at
1: it's, a, it's, it's the a, hat. We're at a it's the hat right man, now. I
2: can't. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the show goes on. You th- you think it's going to let up after a match like uh, Red Velvet and Rochelle Chanel? where well, you're mistaken because in this next match, I'm going to tell you, everybody was kung fu fighting. One of the mainstay mm-hmm. favorites. And Mission Pro is the young, talented, very entertaining Jenna Lynn taking on newcomer, first time ever in Mission Pro, first time ever in Texas wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But Aaliyah, Mia Sweets, who comes out, sanitizes her hands. Why is she doing that? She's obviously, you know, free of COVID. You can't participate in Mission Pro unless you are. Well, she's sanitizing well because she's coming out to the ring, throwing out treats to the crowd. Throwing out candy. She's Leah Mia Sweets after all, right? And uh, uh, and then we have one of my favorite personalities. We don't really talk a lot about her because her job sometimes is to stay in the background. But we have referee Phoebe wearing the, the peace sign pajama pants uh, coming into this, this match between one of my absolute favorites in all of Mission Pro, Jenna Lynn. And Aaliyah Mia Sweets. What about it, Brian? I
0: feel like I feel like we're gonna talk about Phoebe a lot here in a little bit, but
4: oh, yeah. <laughs> Be, Phoebe had a lot a lot of involvement in tonight's show, last uh Friday show. Uh-oh.
0: But yeah, what, what's the word with uh Jenna Lynn, Brian? Like uh and uh and and yeah and, and sweets like they both uh it was really cool seeing Aaliyah Mia, Mia Sweets, but uh Jenna Lynn's been a she's been on a couple of these now and uh, she's She's a lot of fun to watch. She, she just has unmatched energy, I feel like. I don't know if she's like that backstage, but she just feels like she is just gung-ho with like which when, when that music hits, like she's just like karate kicking or
4: kung fu fighting, I guess I should say. Actually, she's kind of like the opposite. When she's backstage, she's very quiet and very subdued. So I guess <laughs> she's she saves all that energy when she comes out to the ring, you know. So when she comes out to the ring, she's just ready to go. See her bouncing up, doing the Kung Fu fighting stuff and just ready to kick some butt, which I'm very happy that she was able to pick up. She's been on every single Mission Pro show and she's been on pretty much most of the other shows I used to um, be the promoter for. So this is the first time she's actually ever won a match at any of my shows. So (laughs) this is kind of of like, you know, it's, it's time, you know.
0: Yeah, it was a big deal for her.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what she is. She's the kind of the unsung hero. And she's the she's the underdog, the the eternal underdog. Very talented, yeah. very capable. But she's very little, too. I mean, she's gosh, man, she's barely five feet tall. If you see her in person and, you know, you, every now and again, you'll get a Rachel Rose. Who's who's a tall girl, a genocide. Most of the women, including Thunder Rosa, I would not characterize as small, but more so with Jenna Lynn. She's a short girl. But very athletic, man. She is all over the place. She's a, like, like old granddaddy used to say, she's a whippersnapper.
1: Oh, whippersnapper. Yeah. Granddaddy said that. Granddaddy said that, or you say that, Rob?
2: No, granddaddy. Oh, granddaddy. Granddaddy Marshall said that.
1: I've heard you say that, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> all right. So, um, Jenna Lynn gets this, this win, man. I'm so happy for her because, again, I've seen her a couple times. This is the first time I've seen her secure a win in person. Then we move to. Not the climax of the night, but probably the emotional climax of the night. Because we have um, a match with a woman who's been a mainstay. She's very involved at Mission Press, very involved in Texas wrestling. Very close to Thunder Rosa. Very close to Phoebe, obviously. Uh, having a uh, tag team with her in the uh, tandem of fun and sexy. But we have Thunder Rosa versus Baby D in what will be Baby D's final match ever. Baby D had an in-ring role at uh, the very first Mission Pro show. Um, um, hell, have no fury. She did some announcing and some other things. But she has been a personality. And if you go back and just YouTube her, she is a very fun, very, very, um, you know, she's a bigger girl. She makes no no bones about that. She celebrates as she should. This is a woman who can work. She can work. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to run down our matches of the week here in a minute. You're going to hear about this again. This match was an absolute treat. It was a story. Will is always a guy on here talking about telling a story in a match. And you saw 15 years of a career being told, being encapsulated in this match, to the point that the girls are sharing, pausing for a minute to have a shot with each other, to have a beer, to do this, at one point, Thunder Rosa is in tears, just begging, begging Baby D to lay down. I don't want to do this. We see Phoebe, who's not being impartial at all, nor should she. This is her friend, her sister, uh, in a ring against probably, arguably, the greatest active women's wrestler, wrestler period in the world, Thunder Rosa. Uh, it's a, it's a tearjerker, man. I mean, it, 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 it goes back to Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24, man. It's it has all the the trappings of a classic, and uh, I can't go on and on about this. We're going to talk about this more later on, but I want to give it over to Brian that let him comment on this.
0: Brian, just if I could jump in there, Rob des- described this about eh, – Rob, Rob gets real sensitive about everything. He was doing a lot of crying. I just wanted to say in this match, I was – I don't know what happened, but somewhere like right within the first like two to three minutes of this match, like – I had the biggest smile on my face that did not leave the entire time. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, just, I was excited for this match. This was the most fun match like I think I've seen it in forever. Like, this was just, it was a blast to watch. But anyway, sorry, Brian, you go ahead.
4: Yeah, well, it's funny he mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, because that's kind of the what we were trying to um, capture while creating that match. But we also wanted to have it to be fun in the, in the aspect also, you know, so, um, they did go outside do a, a bunch of crazy stuff. I actually almost had a heart attack when she pulled out those beer bottles and busted the beer bottles. Cause there was glass everywhere. I was like, Oh, crap. how the hell am I going to get this? You know? And, uh, she actually, when it, when it broke, um, four or five VIP posters were all ruined. And I was thinking, shit, do I have four or five other VIP posters I can give out? You know? So I was like, <laughs> um, so at that point, I wasn't able to enjoy the match completely, you know, because I'm like running around. But um, just from the entrance with the fans throwing the streamers, the baby D showing her the respect that she deserves, um, you're you're in Thunder Rosa's home promotion where usually she's the odds-on crowd favorite, you know, and then the crowd was completely behind Baby D, you know, um, supporting her. Um, it was just just an awesome feel, you know, and to see. Baby D, I think she took like three, two or three um, of her finisher moves, you know, and just kept getting up, wouldn't quit, you know. Um, Yeah, there was some slow counting taking place, and there was some little outside interference taking place and a lot of shenanigans, but, you know, Baby D, um, even though it might not have been a totally clean victory, it was still a victory, and she still deserved to go out on top, you know, because she is – um, like some people would think Thunder Rosa is the queen of Texas wrestling. You know, she is more on the mainstream, but Baby D is the true tween, queen of um, Texas wrestling. Putting young girls over each week, having to do the job to people, having to do so much of um, uh, the local shows. And she's just done so much for Texas wrestling And's always had a great attitude. Um, I've never really heard anyone say anything bad about her. You know, she's a close personal friend with me and Mel. Um, it's just... I mean, it's sad to see her go out, you know, but, you know, I understand the reason she's going out and, you know, we wish nothing but the best for her, you know, and it was such an entertaining match and she had so much fun. That's all we wanted to provide her is something that she could be proud of saying that was her last match, you know, so, you know.
0: It it sounds like from, from the way you're talking, the uh, board at Mission Pro is not going to... Uh... Take action on Phoebe for the fact that she literally held Thunder Rosa's arms back so that uh, Baby D I mean, could get a badass chop in.
4: <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the board's fault because if you think about it, why did they put Phoebe out there to be the referee for Thunder Rosa versus Baby D? I mean, that's that's fun and sexy. You know what did you what did they think Phoebe was going to be impartial? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of their own fault for doing that.
0: Well, there you go. There you have it firsthand. If anybody's wondering what's going on there, but my, my, you know, Rob mentioned it, but just one of my favorite spots was just that they, they end up at the bar and just order drinks and they both take tequila shots together in the middle of a fight. They both just take their tequila shots and then baby D finishes hers. And it's like, all right. And then chop. And then they go back at it. They're, I don't know. That was, just, it was just a fun match. You're right. Very emotional there at the end. Very cool. We would be remiss, though, too, Rob, if we don't mention the fact that ah, not, so uh,
2: fast, Jared. not so fast, not okay. so fast. Okay, still my thunder, man. No
0: right, you asked me to do this. Yeah. All right,
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm, hey, I'm backing I'm off. off.
0: I'm backing let
2: off. Over, let me put over the bar at P- Pinball's Kingdom. That that outside bar. Brian knows I've spent hundreds of dollars there. <laughs> me and Pope <Polka laughs> got shut it down one night. Me and Ryan Romano shut it down last time. I offered Ryan, I uh, offered Brian Rosa a drink. He doesn't drink. Uh fantastic. And and those shots that they, they serve there at that bar are stout, baby. They're stout. Um Thunder Rosa goes up to finish this match off, delivers not one, not two of her finishers, which is that double stomp off the top rock, off the top rope on the spine of the back, the exposed back of the opponent. Could be career ending. She goes up for what would be presumably the third and final, the finisher, but not today, Tampa Bay. <laughs> who comes to the ring but her nemesis. Probably, if you have to say that next to, you know, I know the rivalry with Britt Breaker is going on right now, and she's had some stuff with with, with, with some other ladies here and there, uh, Serena Diva and whatnot, but probably at this point in her career, the defining rival of Thunder Rosa is the great Sienna, Allison K, former NWA World's champion, the woman who Thunder Rosa dethroned. And as Thunder Rosa is on that top rope, about to make the decisive final double stomp to the back of Baby D, who comes to make the save <laughs> in a in maybe a her, you know, we're talking about two rows diverging in Yellow Wood right here, brother. Where is this taking us? Allison K shows up and pushes Thunderosa, which sets up the distraction that ultimately results in the victory for Baby D. Now we I want got to talk conflict.
0: about you want to talk about the the right chemical mixture the right equation to cause uh allison k to be the face in a matchup where she costs thunder rosa the match at mission pro wrestling is there any other scenario where this could have happened but right here i don't know uh and and maybe still people were mad at allison k for stepping in but uh here she is and uh you could say that You know, you could argue like I think Thunder did kick out of the first pinfall right after, but it was shortly after Baby D finished her off and got the one, two, three. So Allison K is uh, certainly holds some responsibility in the outcome of this matchup. Uh, And and Brian, I mean, this is one of the big things coming out of this. I mean, we've uh, we've we've seen that uh, this this feud is far from over, it sounds like.
4: Oh, it's far from over, and it was funny because Allison K avoided me the whole night until like midway through the show or something. She just was trying to avoid me because you know, uh, me and Allison haven't seen eye to eye on Twitter and different things. So, but it was actually kind of funny because she's such an enjoyable person to be around. So it's actually I couldn't hate her anymore after I met her. So now <laughs> I don't what know, to know, to know what to do. You <laughs> know, but she's gonna <laughs> have a tour. She might be in a cage match versus my wife, but I was like, "Hey, I actually like this lady." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I getting. I'm taking it that uh, Mel is not
0: home right now.
4: <laughs> She's somewhere. <laughs> She's not in the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that you could you could talk about that uh, openly, yeah. but yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's been the tease thing. Well, I guess we'll talk about that a, a little bit, but that's uh. I, man, I'd watch those two fight any, any day of the week. That's a, that's a good match. It always has been every single time.
4: Yes. Well,
2: this, uh, this brings us to intermission. Uh, Very emotional first half of this show. And you're thinking, gosh, how can we even continue? If you would have ended the match, ended the paper with that, you would still, you would then no one would complain after that match with baby D and Fedorosa. Uh, But we are treated to a replay of the classic between uh, Ray Lynn and Thunder Rosa from Tournament Out of Hell. I got to see this uh, one-on-one. I was feet away from this, along with Ryan Romano, uh, who sat right beside me. It was a modern-day classic. People will be talking about that match for for ages to come, and we've already dissected that. So we'll move on right to the opening of the second set of the night, which starts out with, oh, help me. The Queen of House Rose herself, <laughs> Rachel Rose, against Blair Onyx. Now this match was not supposed to happen. Uh, in fact, uh, Elena Black, who uh, has no love loss for Rachel Rose, was originally scheduled in this match, uh, and it was supposed to be a no disqualification match. But due to uh, you know complications with travel and some other things, it was not able to take place. Instead. Elena Black called upon her friend and ally, Blair Honest, to come in and do the deed for her. Well, Rachel Rose was not happy about that. She wasn't happy about the stipulation. She didn't feel right. She felt like maybe the cards were being stacked against her. So she came, took the mic from Shaw Guerrero and said, you know what? I'm the queen of House Rose. It ain't going to be no no DQ match tonight. It's going to be one fall, one fall, uh, to a finish against uh, against." Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly how it goes, and uh, and we were treated to what cracked my uh, top five list as a as one of my honorable mentions, Rachel Rose uh, versus Blair Onyx. And let me tell you, Rachel, if you're listening, don't buy the fa- the fake news that Gary and Will are putting out about uh, a dream girl, Ellie. It's Not true. We were only talking, okay? <laughs> Those are just conversations. Rachel Rose, you're still with me. What about it, Brian?
0: Rob, there was already somebody in your in your place. I saw him in the front row. They kneeled. They took the knee. Uh, to, they bit the knee for yeah. Rachel right Rose, like right there in the front row, in the spot that you've been sitting in every single time. You've been replaced, brother. It's over.
2: Ouch. Yeah. I bet. So I bet he better not have been in the shed,
4: Brian. He better not have been in the shed. What did you say? Once I heard this match being called, I went out to the shed. <laughs> okay. I hid. She couldn't find me for about 30, 45 minutes after. She found this guy that looked just like me wearing pants. Everyone that knows me knows I don't wear pants, you know, so. Um, that, that's yeah. true. I, Brian
2: Rosa typically wears what we might call booty shorts. Yeah. Um, and, uh, every time I've seen him, he's been in booty shorts. Uh, so I, was, I looked at that picture. I was like, wait a second. This looks like maybe brian's face might have been superimposed but it looked to me
4: like like you bent the knee brian yeah that that guy was much skinnier than me much more handsome i don't know who that was but you know like i do i will give props to (laughs) rosa rose she did win you know so um yeah i mean it was a it was an unorthodox match so to speak because blair onyx is not your typical like style wrestler um she was doing a bunch of, uh, I don't know if you want to say like Bray Wyatt kind of moves. Um, yeah, she but, had that bit
0: of her spider walk thing and everything.
4: Yeah. But um, so, but Rachel was able to pull out the victory. You know, I like I said, I didn't watch it because I was out in the shed. But from <laughs> what I heard, you know, that's what happened. So
0: Yeah, you know, well, I loved it. I loved uh, even Rachel was – you could tell Rachel was just frustrated during this matchup because she wasn't getting a Elena Black and she it was supposed to be a no DQ match. She's like, I'm not even wasting time with a no dq match. This is not even who I'm supposed to be fighting. And then Onyx comes out in uh to a Billie Eilish song, which is Rachel Rose's thing. You can see that look on her face. She was just like, Oh, come on, really. And uh she was just she was just done that whole day. I don't think anybody was gonna win a match with Rachel Rose on that night. She was just she was pissed off.
4: Yeah, Rachel is definitely one to look out for, especially at MPW. Um She's just been on a roll, like her and Maddie and Bert, You know those three. I mean, they're all young and up and comers, but those are the three to really look out for. You know, and um, including someone I don't think we talked about yet, did we? Yeah, I'll, I'll get on her in a minute. But um, yeah, I mean, she pulled it pulled it out, and I mean, big things still to come for um, Rachel Rose.
2: I wanted to point out that uh, Burt Dixon left this match. She refed several matches tonight and there were a, a multiple times where there were some exchanges of words between Burt Dixon and uh, Rachel Rose, obviously no love lost there. And you, again, like Brian's saying, when you talk about the the young crop of talent, that's going to be the future of this promotion. Uh, I mean, Thunder Rose is not old, but she is a veteran and she's an established veteran, but those young talents that are going to carry this promotion on into the next generation are going to be Maddie Rinkowski, um, Burt Dixon, and Rachel Rose. So you got the big three here uh, in conflicting roles with Burt Dixon, who called a great match. She called it down the middle every time she was in the ring tonight. But, you know, Rachel Rose demanded that Burt hold the ropes for her. There were some eyes and, and some glances cast. And then there at the end, Rachel Rose had a, word, a few words to say for Burt Dixon. So I'm thinking, shoot, man, if we don't see – if we don't see Maddie and Rachel Rose at some point soon, it's we're, it's destined to be Rachel and Burt Vixen. That's got to happen. So maybe maybe the maybe the oh, April, May, June show, the June show, we see Rachel Rose and Burt Vixen. Love you Rob just mean-
0: shoving in to book these shows for you, Brian. You just take you just take a nap. Rob's got this.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: Hope you're writing all this down. <laughs> yeah, w- while you're at it, find me some female referees because we're kind of short on that. You know. So.
1: Rob's going to show oh. up in a wig and
4: <laughs> Man, a I'll, wig I'll, and a footlocker shirt. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll tell originally, you, um, so. you. know, originally, Vert wasn't even scheduled to be on the show. She was booked on another show. So um, once that show canceled, we were able to, you know, I had to find a way to get her in somehow. I couldn't get her a match because we already had nine matches. But I was like, hey, you want to ref? She was down, you know. So, like, sometimes you never know what hat you might you might um wear. So it's like... Um, one of the things I like her, about her, she she wasn't too like, oh, I I can't do ref. I don't want to do that. You know, she's young, she's eager, she's ready to prove herself no matter what. And that's one of the things that at Mission Pro we, we we love to have. You know, we love to have people who are willing to like play different roles, like holiday doing commentary and things like that. It just shows um their versatility. And when they're able to do stuff like that, besides just typically wrestling, it opens up doors for them for other opportunities. In bigger companies, and hopefully the the other well, I know for a fact the other companies are are watching because someone uh, not to say bigger, but you know someone more influential in the wrestling business tweeted out something about Mission Pro, and I was like, oh, they are watching. So That's who awesome. knows? They might bring around as a ref to start or something, you know. So it's like uh, never say no and always be willing to do different stuff. And you know, Bert was willing to do that along yeah, with Pete yeah, yeah, I think it. It, I know
2: you have an insider's perspective, and and that and that m- might always not give you the most universal universal perspective. Because we we approach this, and we're just marks, man. We're just fans. We just love the bit. we we love watching as fans. You know, we we've established friendships with you and other people, and that's a treat. But we don't want to pull the veil back too much. We get we want to see what people are saying. And I'm gonna tell you, they're watching. Mission Pro is one of the coolest things in the world right now, and I promise you they are watching. So any any exposure that people like Burt Dixon and Maddie and, you know, I see Jasmine, the Lord's name, we're going to talk about her here in a second, and, and Rachel Rose, get it, it's great. But you guys are doing the Lord's work uh, promoting what is one of the coolest promotions, just as intriguing as anything Ring of Honor is doing or Impact or anybody else uh, there. I promise you they're watching it. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite people that's going to be watching, or I, I
0: shouldn't say favorite people, I don't know, I just met him, but uh, I, one of my favorite people is Maddie Renkowski from the times I've talked to her, and we're going to talk about her in just a second, but I got a chance to put her over in Grimsley, Tennessee to Enzo, <laughs> Enzo from WWE, because uh, she, in the interview I had with her, uh, talked a lot about just like liking his promo ability. And uh, when I was sitting there talking to him, I was like, Have you heard of Maddie Rinkowski? And he was like, I don't think so. And I was like, You should check her out, she's really, really good. And uh, she's a big fan of your promos and stuff like that. And he was like, where she wrestles I was like, Mission Pro, and he was like, I'm gonna check that out tonight. Like, uh, he was yeah, he, he was did. on it, it was very cool.
2: Yeah, he said that's thing, and he's like, I love Thunder Rosa, and, and so I can, I can assure you he's going to be watching.
4: <laughs> nice. It's all about all right. making those connections. I'm sorry, bud. It's all about making those connections.
2: Yep, that's all it's about, man. Next, we have a uh, what would be considered a main event in any other arena, if weren't this one. This is definitely a semi-main event. But we have the Puro Pincho title match. The current uh, 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 Puro Pincho champion, Matty Rinkowski, beautiful title belt by the way, taking on. Jasmine Allure, she's another one. If you gotta throw a fourth talent in there as a, as part of this young crop, that's the one. She's fantastic, man. She is so reprehensible that you you hate her so much that you gotta love her. You remember from Terminant Out of Hell where she intervened and inserted herself, uh, attacked Maddie with the belt, and um, uh, definitely there's some there's some uh, deep seated hatred and rivalry between these two uh, top tier Jasmine Allure. Uh, and they go at it in a match that I've been waiting to see, and this was, again, another treat.
4: What about Ryan? I mean, these two girls looked like they wanted to kill each other. You know, these they were going at it hard. Um, Their strikes were looking strong. There was no weak shots being delivered. Um, there was no holding back in anything. I wasn't um, – not, not to spoil anything, but some big things are coming for both of them, so I, I was expecting a little bit of holding back just because of what the opportunities are ahead, but it was like they just went at at it toe-to-toe, and you didn't know really who was going to win. I actually thought Jasmine was going to pull it out, especially at the end when Maddie um, was on the ropes and she she took an awkward bump down at the end, you know, and I thought that Jasmine was going to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But somehow Maddie was able to pull that off, you know. Um, Yeah, Vert was the referee for that, right?
0: Yeah, she was yeah. there.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I could see a little um, tension between Jasmine, Jasmine, and Vert Also, I don't think she fully um, liked how Vert called the match for, uh, ref the match for her. So, um, but Maddie, man, I don't know how long we're gonna have someone like Maddie, but we're gonna take advantage of it as long as we can while we do have her. Um, you know, I could see her, you know, getting signed sometime within the next year or so, you know, like she's that she's very young in the business, but if you ever talk to her, she's, I mean, she jokes around a lot, but she's very, very knowledgeable, very respectful, very, um, um, appears older than she really is. You know, um, she's just very mature for her age and she's got a very, very bright future. You know, she's got a ton of athleticism too. she, Nothing bad to say about Maddie. Not, not to say anything that Jasmine's not there, but I mean, Jasmine's a little bit greener, but I mean, Maddie has uh, such a bright future and um, five years from now, I could be like, Hey, yeah, she, she started out with us. You know, her first match ever was with Mission Pro. So, you know, like, you know, we could uh, we could always say that, you know.
0: Uh, A few points, if I could jump in there, is that, yeah, like, I love Rob's ability to uh, talk about somebody being completely reprehensible and disgusting. And then, (laughs) I love them. (laughs) You're so great. (laughs) uh,
1: uh,
2: The uh, uh, (laughs)
1: The great thing about them is that they're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But, um,
0: yeah, Jasmine Allure really did impress me. And I think you're right, Brian. uh, There was definitely some tension between her and Vert, especially with that. Uh, finish to the match involving like Jasmine trying to take the title and Vert fighting with her to keep the title out of her hands because she wanted to use it again on Maddie, and of course, that led to the roll up that got Maddie the one, two, three, and the victory in this matchup. It's cool for me to hear you talk about Maddie like you do because uh, it, it lets me know that uh, I don't think we're alone in as much as we put Maddie over. And as much as we talk about Maddie ever since that first time interviewing Maddie, I thought like, I I don't know, I, I I guess you see it too. I mean, there's, there's something like that there. It's like that intangible. It's like that, that weird thing. Like Maddie's got something that like, just not everybody's got that like you just think she's, she's, she just radiates something that people are going to latch onto and you can't help it. And especially I think in a like a babyface role, even though she's playing someone who should be a heel for all intents and purposes, it feels like because she's got that Kardashian thing going on and she's got that way she stands. But to see her walk out in the in the Mission Pro stage uh, on Friday night, I mean, she had the chance. She had the ch- the crowd behind her. She had like everybody was with Maddie Rinkowski. There was there was something about her that people just have connected with already just in the span of these few shows and uh so i I, i'm with you i i don't see how she doesn't make it at this point like she's she's on her way
4: yeah i mean even even her selling that bump i i went over to her and was like are you okay are you okay she's like yeah of course i'm okay you know (laughs) she had me playing she's playing it the whole night i was like I'm looking over, like, please don't be hurt. Please don't be hurt. Please don't be hurt. <laughs> you know, because I know what's what's going on. But it was like, oh, my God. She had me worried for, like, you know, 45 minutes or so. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: The, the uh, card continues. Um, going on to the next match, we get coming out to the tune of Gangsta's Paradise with Pinkies Up. The one that shocked us all, uh, Allison Kay comes to the ring, and she's taking on someone who is no stranger to us, Kimberly. Kimberly is someone that we're seeing all over the place, man. She is the current Shimmer champion. She's involved in Impact Wrestling. She uh, is in a, uh, an alliance with La Virtuosa, uh, uh, Diana Purrazzo, uh, who is the current Impact Knockouts champion. She is all over the place. We've seen her interact with Thunder Rosa she is everywhere, man. And this match right here, again, another headline match in any arena. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, we saw Allison Kaye, uh earlier on the card interfere in that match between Thunder Rosa and Baby D. And Thunder Rosa would repay the favor and make her presence felt in this match. What about it, Brian?
4: Um, this is definitely a match where you could tell both of them were like super vets. You know, the way they work the crowd, they work way, way they, um, their facial expressions, um, everything about it, the way they, they sold everything, you know. Um, I was hoping that a lot of the girls who were in the back, you know, especially the younger girls, who would be out there watching that match. You know, because those are definitely two women that um, the younger ones can learn from, you know. So I thought it was a very entertaining match, you, you know, the outside interference with Thunder it um, was kind of like payback, so it was really um, that, you know, was able to tell stories for future shows. And you don't really need to tell s- stories for future shows with those two because they're always telling stories. There seems to be, um, not to take any way, anything away from the the Baker feud or other feuds, but I think Allison Kay might be the top feud for Thunder Rosa. You know, and then Kimberly, you know, she was very um, – Enjoyable to watch. She's a like you said. She's Shimmer champion. She's done so much. Um, they definitely didn't disappoint in their performance.
2: Yeah, uh, I would agree. I mean, I would say so far, yes. This is the this is the hallmark feud with Thunder Rosa. I think that Lindsay Snow has the potential to be that uh, as the years go on. But so far, man, it's Allison K and Thunder Rosa. And to see her and uh, Thunder Rosa interact here to set up. The potential showdown, uh, and uh, I, I guess we're not doing a show in January, but in February, Mission returns to Buda, Texas. And I can't – I can't – I got to address the elephant in the room here. Allison Kay has called out Thunder Rosa and wants her in a steel cage, Brian.
4: Well, be careful what you're asked for because I'm already looking for prices on cages and everything. So. <laughs> oh, Rob, Rob's got one. You can borrow Rob's. Although, <laughs> you know, Rob has a shed. You know, he. Can I was going yeah, to say Rob's pitching pitch for the shed match. Yeah <laughs> Rob knows, that sheds out there pretty far, so that's a long walk for all those fans to go out Ooh. to. And I, I'm a promotion that really caters to the fans and really loves the loves our fans. You know, and I know we need our fans, and I want to keep our fans.
0: Appreciate some that. people. Some people don't uh, think that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate that. Yeah. Oh um, man. Well, um, no, but but I'm with you. I, I Brian and uh you know Rob talking about the feuds. I mean the thing is with Lindsay, I think is that uh that's a little ahead of its time right now. Like people don't know that one yet. People, you know, we got the great match between Thunder and Lindsay Snow at uh the very well at Hell whole health no fury, but um that, that one I feel like is coming. Like people are gonna that's gonna be in on the list, but right now, like Thunder's had two amazing knockdown drag out matches that went the distance with long, like good quality matches with Allison K. So I, I, I feel like that one has to be the number one right now. It just, uh well, she, she's had some great matches, but Alison K's gone it's at it
4: with her. so much the uh, matches is just what goes on on social media, what goes on, on everything, you know, they just tend Fair to, enough. tend to like always be in each other's paths, you know? So like, I mean, she has a good uh, rivalry with Serena D, but I don't feel there's enough hatred in there. I think that's just a mutual respect rivalry. And with Lindsay, too, you know, I don't I don't feel there's that 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 fire yet to be like, oh, I want to kill this girl, you know. But with Allison and Thunder, you just like know that they're in the same building. They're going to go after each other. You know, like they just they both want to be the alpha female, you know. That makes a lot of
0: sense. You you make yeah. an excellent point there. Yeah, they have great like back and forth online. Like you you should be following both of these ladies on uh social media because they uh they do not mince words with each other. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's it's a lot of fun to see.
2: All right, now we come to the climax of the show. This is a story that began all the way back last summer when we had uh Mission Pro Hell Hath No Fury and they presented that championship and said, "Look, we were going to be using a tournament to determine the first winner of what's going to be the premier women's championship in wrestling. And then, um, in uh, a month or two after that, we had tournament out of hell and we had our predictions. There were some adjustments in the tournament. I think, uh, uh, we all called it ultimately after our, our tournament bracket was busted. We predicted Rachel Rose and Maddie Rinkowski in the finals. But after that was busted, we'd said, you know what? It's going to probably come down to, uh, Lacey, Ryan, La Rosa Negra, and it did. I think Ryan Romano actually called his tournament bracket all the way down the line perfect. Uh, Such a great match. I love the fact – I want to point out two things in particular. Uh, I love the fact that this is two out of three falls. We don't don't really – you know, we don't really tout gimmick matches. Uh, This is the anti-gimmick match. This is the classic match. If you want the exact opposite of a gimmick match – that is this in the old day, back when Granddaddy Marshall was walking around. That's what you did, man. When the champion, when the marbles on on the table, when you got a prize fight, it can only be determined. So anybody can get lucky one time, twice. No, nah, that's a skill thing. So you got to determine a championship like this in two out of three falls, which they did. I also like the fact that a couple times in this in this match, at the end of this match, and at the end of Baby D and Thunder Rosa, you see the emergence of what I think is one of the coolest traditions in pro wrestling. Of course, AEW has got the—they've uh, got the Jericho, you know, uh, Fozzie song that they sing uh, that Will and I know the words to. And then in this <laughs> match in Mission Pro, you've got the fans surrounding the ring, pounding the ring apron, just pounding that, which I think is so freaking cool, man. It's so cool. It's like it's a connection. It's like a, a kinetic connection between the fans and the talent, and the fans surrounded the ring at Baby D, pounded the ring, and they'll do it again at the end of this match. But we've got a prize fight. You want to talk about prize fight, La Rosa Negra and Lacey Ryan, two of the best in the game, bar none, up there with Allison K, up there with Thunder Rosa, going for what is going to be the premier championship in all of wrestling, the MPW championship
4: uh, title. What about it, Brian? I mean – this match was like, you know, month uh, but two months in the making, um, it was just two physical athletes who wanted the title, who wanted it, who wanted it more, and it was, it was who's going to win. You know, I think that um, both of them put out an outstanding performance, displayed like tremendous phys- physical ability, um, athletic ability. Um, it was just an epic matchup. You know, La Rosa wanted it more. Um, she kind of cut a promo that really wasn't heard, but probably was better it wasn't heard. But she talked about how she wanted this because people like going all the way to like spitting in her face and calling her different names and things like that. So she got kind of real on the um, the circumstances of why she, she wanted to prove herself. And she feels like, you know, this opportunity is going to, Push her to the next level, you know, because after uh, a couple of years of getting kind of like almost like blackballed, you know, this is the time to prove herself and like, you know, like sh- say that, um, you know, she's ready to get out there,
3: you know.
0: Oh man, she's so good. It's 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 like. Watching her here was no different. I love Lacey Ryan. I've loved seeing her uh, over the past like month or two. I've, I've come to know Lacey Ryan and I was not familiar with her beforehand, but between UWN and Mission Pro, I've uh become a fan of Lacey Ryan and what she does. But La Rosa Negra is one of those people that uh you, you watch and you know that she has been in this business for. A little while now and you're like why is this woman not on wwe or aew or any of those things and you know we're glad to have her on mission pro you know so that we could see her there uh in these kinds of matches but she's just one of those people you're just like somebody somebody missed something somewhere somebody's dropped the ball like uh la rosa Negra is as good as anybody and uh it's it's cool to see her get the recognition she so deserves here at Mission Pro Wrestling. Uh, she she is the first ever Mission Pro champion, and it well deserved. Like that, that's I, I can't. You can't be happier with who's representing the brand right now as as the top star in the in the in the game.
4: Yes, I mean I, I can't say enough good things about Rosa, and I I know the the struggles she's been through, and I mean if I could just spill the beans and all that, but it's just like. This girl's been through so much, and it's her time to show me. That's all I got to say. You know, it's her time. You know, no one is going to hold her down no more. You know, at least if we have anything to say about it.
0: Right, right.
2: And there you have it, man. You have Mission Pro run it back, the third in a series of stellar pay per views on Title Match Network out of Buta, Texas. The coolest thing going in pro wrestling right now, man. Stack card. We appreciate you and, and Mel and all the women of Mission Pro for, for the work you put into it. I know it's not, I mean, it's not easy. I, again, like, and, and Ryan can tell you, those who've been a DNC Digital can tell you, you go there, and it's not like, I, and I we give Brian a hard time because we love him and all that, but these jokers right here, man, I go in, they are working, man. They are grinding the whole time. Thunder Rose is the, the greatest active wrestler in the world, and she is back there carrying trays of ice, doing this. I mean, carrying things during the show. I mean, it's always something. The the world of pro pro wrestling is not an easy life. It's a very hard life, and it requires attention to detail. And, again, we've talked about it before. You know, we, We appreciate UWN Primetime Live. They have a great production quality. The first show, they couldn't get it off the ground technically. You guys have done it. Time and time again, there were some technical glitches last night that had nothing to do with Mission Pro. It was was, a title match network streaming capacity. But you guys put off a show that is top tier, bar none, among the best of anything out there. And, again, you know, we are fans. We're going to support it. We're going to sponsor it for, uh, uh, you know, as long as we can. And uh, I believe that we've got a match coming up, the first one of 2020, on February the 6th. Yes, February
0: the 6th. Yep. Do you have a name for that yet one? Or that, that pay-per-view yet?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that in the next couple of days, you know? Yeah, we got it. Right.
2: We're, we're, we're trying to we squeeze out that. some
4: scoops, Brian. Yeah, we, I think uh, we high do. High high gonna, we don't want to give it give it away just yet because I was like, I don't know if that works, but we'll, we'll, um, we'll have it out within the next day or two. Well, I, I just wrestling. want to
1: bend the knee. I'm getting ready for your Wednesday Probably, show, right. you know.
0: <laughs> bend the knee. Will says bend the knee is a good uh, name for
1: the show. I can um, if you want Rob there. That's,
0: yeah, a, well, that's the one leading up to Rachel Rose going for that title. That's the that's the <laughs> yeah. one. It's like a player for the gold. It's going to be
4: bend the knee. So there, there you go. Yeah, but I, uh, I really want to give it up to all of our sponsors, you know, without them, you know, none of this would be possible. And all the ring crew and all the girls that are helping out and doing all this stuff, man. Um, like, Rob Rob got there early. He's seen the work that these girls are doing. They're showing up, like, four or five hours before the show, making sure everything is ready to go. You know, like, they go out and get rooms and sweep up areas that make it look better for the fans and stuff like that. No one told them to do that, you know, like, little things like that, little details, you know, and just the amount of hard work that goes in and the the, the amount of support that we've got from y'all and the sponsors, you know, it's just it's overwhelming, you know. We didn't even expect it to go this you know, get this big this soon, you know. I actually had to turn down over 150 tickets to sell because of the COVID stuff, you know, so it could have been even bigger. And, you know, but, you know, we were trying to be responsible and look out for the the safety of fans and, you know, not push it, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think it could be, you, you know, this can only grow and get much bigger. And, you know, the, the amount of uh, great work that the women are doing, it's going to pay off in the end.
0: Oh dude, i I think there's no doubt that that you know we we can sit here. and we could sound like you're you're on the show right now or Thunder's been on the show, and we're just blowing smoke up your asses or something like we're just like super happy to have your yada, yada, yada. But it's for real we we respect you as people and respect what you're doing on the show, and we wouldn't talk about it so much if we didn't think it was very good or something like that. This is legitimately, I can't emphasize enough to people. That if you're hearing this or seeing this and you're not watching Mission Pro Wrestling, you're missing out. You're missing out on something that's going to grow into something huge. And you're missing out on a lot of talent that you're going to wish you had seen now so that later on, two or three years down the road, you can say, I saw them when they were, you know, all of those stories. Like, you're going to have that from this brand. And the show is good. Listen, dude. Uh, we've expanded out where this is pro wrestling. I'm seeing Monday Night Raw every week. I know what a crappy wrestling show can look like. Um, and I'm, I'm watching I'm watching Mission Pro Wrestling and you guys are doing everything that we love about pro wrestling. We talk about prize fights. We talk about just the personalities getting to shine through the buildup, the storylines. I mean, every even in this show, we know some things we can look forward to on the next show. Like it's, it's just uh, already just, just based on what we've seen already. That's something that, that seems like a lost art for like a, a lot of promotions right now. And I don't know why that's a problem, but uh, you guys do a great job of putting on an amazing show. And, and I'm telling you, I there's, there's people watching this right now. It, it, you got, you have to get title match network if for nothing else than to watch mission pro wrestling. Like you, you have to do it. It's, it's, it's part of, the culture of professional wrestling, and it's only going to get more important that you know it. So might as well jump on the bandwagon early. So you could be one of those uh, cocky ass fans that said like, Oh, well, I've been watching it since the beginning. And you know, that guy, (laughs) you want to be that guy for these guys.
4: (laughs) Yeah. One last thing before I get off. um, You've seen a lot of women show up on different promotions on TV and different, different darts and different YouTube things. From um, Mission Pro, keep your eyes open in the next month or two. You're going to see a lot more things, you know. So I'll just kind of not kind of spoil it, but, you know, just keep your eyes open. Keep watching. Um, Tune in on February 6th for us and then keep supporting those women that work with Mission Pro because, you know, you can say you knew them when they were, you know, greener than grass. And now, you, you know, they're big, huge TV stars, you know, and I guarantee you half of them will be, you know.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I believe it, 100%. Brian,
2: thank you so much
0: for doing this. Oh no, yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah. And I love I the fans. Do- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, It's the nicest shit, guys. I mean, it's like the yeah. nicest <laughs> with the greenest of greenest one. I mean, he takes care of me when I'm out there, man. Uh, yeah, do- uh,
4: you know, he had a chair, rusty chair, but it was still a
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And, he takes uh, his tennis yeah, shot before he goes. He didn't make yeah. me walk to the tumble reed in the, in the, in the Briar patch. There is a little dirt road that goes down to the shed that he let me walk down. So that was considerate Uh big shout out to, uh, we, we were missing. We didn't point out the era of La Rosa Nera has begun. She did win this. Uh, she lost the, uh, uh, she lost one fall in this best two out of three falls matches. Um, Lacey Ryan picks up a fall in the first minute. LaRosa Negra picks up a fall at six minutes and 30 seconds. Then at the 18-minute mark in a marathon, what I thought might end up being a Broadway, um, uh, LaRosa Negra wins this championship. So shout-out to her for her championship. This is fantastic. The first-ever MPW champion. And a big shout-out to Baby D, the queen of Texas wrestling, who went out with dignity and grace uh, in a great match that, as Gary said, had a smile from beginning to end. Well-deserved. And your your retirement is well earned.
0: All right. Well, uh, Brian, we won't keep you anymore. Uh, you love the fans, but you've also got a family, so we won't we won't hold you up. And I, I know uh, eventually we're going to mention WWE or something, and you don't want to be here for that. Yeah. So
4: I'm out now. I'm, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right.
0: Thank you so much, brother, for showing up with us. We're honored to have you have you on the show, finally. Yes,
4: thank you. Thank, thank you. you. See y'all, guys, later. All right. Much love, you, buddy.
0: All right. Well, big, big, big ups to Brian Rosa. Uh, Brian Cervantes actually just showing up here and and gracing us with his presence. And we did a big rundown of Mission Pro Wrestling. Guys, that was a blast and it was a great show. Not joking around. Go watch that show. It was good. And Mission Pro Wrestling is coming back in February 6th. So go ahead watch Hell Hath No Fury tournament out of hell and run it back. Get yourself ready for the next chapter in their story. I promise you. Uh, you're going to want to be a part of that history. Uh, guys, I think it's time for us to take a quick little break here, and uh, we can come back, and we'll actually go in the loop, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about all the latest news and updates and everything else that happened this week, because, I mean, good Lord, we're already this far into the show, and we haven't even covered half the crap. So uh, everybody who's watching, thank you so much for being here, folks, and stay tuned. We'll be back right back. As Chuck Woolery used to say on the dating game, in two and two. It's not really how long it is, I don't think, but it'd be really cool if it was. So I could do that. <laughs> right back at two and two. I, I guess we'll go you, now. You. you no, you. me. I don't know. I don't know who's going. this? You're now listening
2: to.
3: Something. Call me the national treasure, like I'm Trevor McDonald. The diamond in the rough, shining past the pain and the struggle. Climb the summit, now they clamor for the glamour and hustle. Ask the cameraman to zoom in when I'm making them humble. A of the Z, been face to face with dangerous fiends. Run from oblivion to chasing gladiatorial dreams. Now they pack coliseums for this colossal machine. The biggest British invasion since the lads of yellow submarine. Suit and tire, superplexes on my Uberflex. Schooling with the truth and straight, shooting next. Go to Billy Corgan, I've been smashing pumpkins all my life. Stunting till I die. Stunning running them like Austin in his prime. clotheslining lining parasites, rotten apples antagonised. Chew them up and spitting at his pips like I'm glad it's night. Set the goals, lock foes and choke holes. Swallow souls and then pose with his 10 pounds of gold. Ah! Uh, all rise when I enter the room. Ready or not, here comes the boom. King. step forward if you're staking a claim, come for my throne, then I'm bringing the pain, God save the King, all hail when I ride into town, the real world champs holding the crown, God save the King, rule the waves in this glorious reign, bow down when you mention my name, God save the King, turnbuckle tactics, slamming across the canvas, It's the camera snapping candidly, capture this heir apparent on the pedestal, presidential views across the vestibule, a testament, it's a blessing, testing my fortitude, The force of nature forming to so form an orderly queue, the dealers holding aces and apes, bluffing, you fools, scuffing your crews, crushing the rules up in disputes, I'm breaking through with nothing to lose, stop your excuse, the real world champ has got the game in the cobra, clutching the camp, pressing gorillas, dropping the shoulder, taming the lions, slaying these giants on every corner, there's no holes barred when I de-establish the order, one king but two sides to every story I made an impact so I'm bound for glory It's nickel down economics when I'm overseas No Irish me like it's over in the Clover leaf All rise when I enter the room Ready or not, here comes the pool God's save. They- King. Step forward if you're staking a claim. Come for my throne, then I'm bring the pain. God save the king. All hail when I ride into town. The real world chaps holding the crown. God save the king, rule the waves in this glorious reign. Bow down when you mention my name. God save the king. king yeah, yeah.
2: He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't
0: do drugs. His only vice is wanting to be just like me.
1: We lost you, buddy.
0: Oh, did I hit the... Sorry. How, when did that happen? I don't know. You said we are as soon as you
1: said we were blessed to have each other.
0: Oh, I was we're talking new. about BBC. No, uh, we were... <laughs> we are blessed to have all of you in the community thank you so much for being here i'm getting that out of the way right now before uh tequila gary kicks in because will told me that last time i was very emotional about how much i love every (laughs) single one of you and so uh thank, thank you all for being here you guys are great we are grateful for our entire community everybody in the chat everybody who's watching who's not in the chat if you're new here and you're just seeing us for the first time make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you like the video Uh, All that stuff helps us get in front of more people. And we would be grateful to you.
1: And we're keeping our fingers crossed that this video doesn't get taken down after tonight. Uh, So if you're watching this and it's not live, congratulations. Because our last couple of uh, live streams were removed.
0: (laughs) WWE got on us. They got on our ass. Uh, I've disputed. (sighs) I, I finally went through and disputed a bunch of them. But we'll we'll see. So, uh, yeah, man. Anyway. You Bring it on, Vince. On Bring that, it on
2: for engaging in public discourse. Come on, guys. We we trying to we helping you out.
0: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I said in the uh, in the dispute. But we'll see if that pans out.
1: Well, I guess they don't listen to the fast count. Uh, we'll just go ahead and put that over. If you guys haven't heard, we have a brand new segment on the audio feed that Gary put out this week called the fast count. So, if you uh, don't have time like all of us to spend five hours watching WWE programming during the week, have no fear because Gary does it for you and he gives you like a 10 to 12 minute recap. And so from now on, that's how I'm going to learn about raw (laughs) and you guys should too. So check that out on the audio feed, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you listen should be available. Uh, We'll probably be putting out some more of those, which would be pretty cool. Maybe some recaps for, uh, Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, things like that. So, if you don't have the hours and hours a week, as I said, to invest in all those, we're we're gonna we're gonna come in and fill you in. We're gonna come in throughout the week and and let you know what you need to know about all those shows. So check yeah. that out if you're not already a subscriber to the audio feed.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for the great feedback and uh, thanks, Will, for bringing that up. Yeah, the the fast count by the way is not like a shot for shot recap of Monday Night Raw or anything either. It is like the points you need to know, like if you want to stay in the conversation and have context for what's going on on Monday Night Raw and want to join us on a live stream of a pay-per-view or something, you'll at least be caught up that you know the basic storyline going on. Rob's pulling out of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I got to know why, Rob, what's going <laughs> yeah, on.
2: I had, it, I had it by my side while we were talking Mission Pro just because I was cross-referencing some, some uh, of the amazing talent that was at Mission Pro uh, this weekend.
0: You're so much smarter than us, and I appreciate that about you. So, thank you, Rob. All right, guys, let's do this for real this time. Hey, we're keeping you in the loop, everybody. <laughs> You want to know drive. what the biggest news in wrestling is? Well, here you go. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start since we're since we're here. Mine is gonna be. Wait, Will, you wanted to do the, uh,
1: the. Uh, You're here, just gonna here, come right in and steal mine? Is that what you were gonna do? No, nope, I'm gonna go. I'll go with this one. Yep. Somebody we've yes, seen a good
0: bit. No, I I was, but I forgot again what was going on, and now I'm turning it around, and I'm gonna drop these two little nuggets on you. Uh, and uh, it's what is that we've seen a, we've talked a lot about Fred Rosser, who's over in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's been on UWN Primetime Live. Uh, he revealed uh, on Twitter, uh, when somebody wrote like about AEW, he said, I get asked a lot, why not AEW? Well, I tried and I was told, nope, not question marks, not question. I don't know what he's going for here, but anyway, he just says, uh, he, he basically says, no Matter what, don't get I don't ever get overwhelmed and decide to throw in the towel. I still got a lot of work to do, but basically, he's just apply. Uh oh, I see. So, the article I was reading, the emojis didn't work. What they were was a not once the hand signal for once and not twice or no, but but twice. That's what it was. God, I'm terrible at this anyway. Fred Rosser was turned down twice by AEW, apparently. So, uh, that's a bummer for free because Fred Rosser is killing it right now uh, on the indie scene, I think, Uh, or New Japan. I don't even think you call that indies. I mean, he's doing all right for himself, but that was the major bit of news. The other bit of news I wanted to bring up is that Ring of Honor has issued a press release uh, as of the other day saying that uh, EC3, Kenny King, Bandito, and Flamina will not be appearing at Final Battle uh, due to pre-travel testing protocols for COVID-19. Uh, they uh, I, I don't, it doesn't really say for sure that they have uh, COVID 19, but it does say uh, Bandito, UC3, Flamina, Kitty all four performers are doing well and resting at home. Roh wishes them a speedy recovery and look for their return to action in 2021. So it sounds like they have it, it doesn't specifically say that, but uh, final battle getting uh, you know. At least the like bandito and flamido were in a big match. Uh EC3 was gonna be taking on Jay Briscoe at that show. I was really looking forward to that match. I was looking forward to the return of Bandito. Uh none of that's happening as of right now. COVID COVID be effing things up. That's what it does.
1: Yeah, we are we are certainly in uh the most card subject to change era, I feel like, that we've ever been in. Um, so you kind of got to bank on that stuff. I, I obviously respect ring of honor for having that protocol and, uh, taking care of everybody involved. But, um, I think probably EC3 out of that whole list is, is the one that, uh, is probably going to disappoint the most people probably disappointing to, to ring of honor in terms of you know pay-per-view buys that they were looking at selling. But hopefully if you were going to buy it and you're going to watch it, we're all three going to watch it. Um, you know, continue to, to buy it and support ring of honor. We're obviously, if you've been listening to our show for the last two weeks, we have become some of the biggest supporters of ring of honor just because of the type of wrestling that they do and, and, and the shows that they're putting out and the talent that's involved. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough loss. I'm, you know, I'm just glad it's not Mike Bennett. I got really scared because the first time I saw that news, Mike Bennett was sharing it on Twitter And I immediately was like, "Oh no, Bennett's not going to be there." And it's you know, so that's not that's not the case. Uh, So Will was like,
0: "Somebody's going down." Pew, it's just EC3, not my
1: yeah. (laughs) As long as it's not my boy Mike Bennett, we're good to go. But uh, no, so it's it's uh, unfortunately it's probably going to be the last time something like this happens. Um, So we just kind of got to roll with it and be a little little flexible.
0: If I could, uh, if I could jump in here real quick, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to DJ Duck, first-time viewer. What y'all thought about Omega and what's happening right now in wrestling? Hey, I just want to say, DJ Duck, thank you so much for being a first-time viewer. Please hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you around. Everybody, say hello to DJ Duck and uh, Mr. Duck. We will talk about that, I'm sure, as the show goes on. So please stick around that is bound to come up at so much. It's uh, only the hottest news in wrestling probably going on right now. But uh, anyway, we're going to do some more in the loop stuff. So I just don't want you to think we're ignoring you. I saw that in there and uh, welcome, sir. Thank you for that. All right. Who's got, who else has some news? Who wants to go next?
1: I'll go. I'll go. Since you didn't steal mine this time. Yeah. I actually have some news that nobody else has talked about yet. Um, but, yeah, some of you guys may have heard about this. I actually just heard about it today. Um, but this this is a story. Uh, the one that I'm quoting is from Mark Middleton over at WrestlingInc.com. Um, but WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, ever heard of him, uh, reportedly ordered some main roster superstars back to the WWE Performance Center for additional training this past week. McMahon recently, quote, threw a fit about the working ability of certain talents on the main roster, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Vince said uh, to be especially upset with some of the, quote, big guys. I'll try not to take offense to that (laughs) on the main roster, but there's no word yet on which superstars he specifically had an issue with. There actually is, I'll tell you. Um, But Vince reportedly ordered some of them back to undergo two training classes per week, with Raw superstar Drew Gulak and WWE producer and former NWA world's champion Adam Pearce. Um, we did find out later in the week that the the names on the list are, surprisingly, Keith Lee, that one blows my mind, uh, Omos, Otis, Daba Kato, and Dio Madden. So I, I don't really know what has perpetuated all this. I mean, Keith Lee is kind of been incredible and he was NXT champion. I don't know why he's on that list. Even Otis, he was Mr. Money in the bank. I, I don't so I don't know why Vince suddenly got a bug up his butt about the big guys, but uh yeah apparently they're getting sent to the to the performance center for some additional training. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that.
0: I have a theory and that it's Vince McMahon is crazy. That's my theory. Uh, now, No, don't get me wrong If he's basing Keith Lee's performances uh, On Keith Lee and Monday Night Raw Then sure Maybe maybe he's not yeah, living up to expectations that's,
1: that's what we're all feeling Vince, <laughs> And it's because of that's you they, That's because they changed his the theme song And who they've put him against So that's not really an indictment on Keith Lee
2: Right Rob you're, uh, we you're, we knew, You look so uh, disappointed. at it Well, we called it. We said that uh, that Keith Lee, who was who was amazing, would go off and then somehow, some way get lost in the shuffle, which WWE is so freaking perfect at doing, taking great talent and just abusing them and minimizing this so they can can carry on these doggone dramatic passion plays that they think the people want to see that in reality, we really don't. I'm sure, you know, uh, a, a 12 year old fanboy. So it just, it's a shame because Keith Lee deserves better.
1: Well, it's strange to me because, you know, I I don't know Vince, obviously. I don't know if y'all knew that, but um, you know, he, he, word on the street is always, he's a fan of the bigger guys and he's always, you know, that's been kind of his bread and butter when it comes to what he considers like a pro wrestler. And so I don't know what he's looking for or what Mark that they're not meeting. I mean, I, to me it's all the booking it's not their performance so i don't know man well we'll see how all that pans out but you know i I think keith lee deserves better i think otis deserves better i mean that he won the money in the in the bank briefcase and then lost it to the miz i don't know if that was because of this kind of stuff but
0: yeah not to speak out of turn i mean we've heard stories i mean personally ourselves here we know that uh Quite a few people in the wrestling industry really think a lot of Otis. So uh as a as a performer and as a person. So it's uh you hate to see him minimized in any way because that's uh apparently he's a he's a great guy. Uh yeah. big shout out real quick to uh the champ. Hey, the, oh, oh. All
2: hail yeah. the king.
0: Rob, Rob fixing his hat. I've just joined what has he <laughs> missed.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> well, no, back well, at the sure top go.
0: of the show, we talked about Grimsley, Tennessee, and uh, seeing your match against uh, Brian Pillman Jr. We also uh, had Brian Rosa on the chat. He joined us for a recap of Mission Pro Wrestling's Run It Back. And now we're just hitting wrestling news. Uh, during our break, we played your uh, uh, Bow Down wow. to the King. God, God save the King.
1: king. You're going to get one of these
0: why, why can't I get the name down, of that song right?
1: I'm mail it to you. Oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so here we are. Here we we are. We're now talking about professional wrestling news. So, uh, Rob, I know you've got some news. Will brought that on us, told us about the big guys not getting any love. Uh, well, you know, you're not one of one of us, big boys. But uh, what kind of news you got for us?
2: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's apropos that the champ has joined us because I, I got I sent you my in the loop item. I don't know if you got the picture of the tweet that you can throw up there if somebody can. But uh, my in-the-loop news is uh, you, you want to talk about prize fighting. You can't look any further than uh, the NWA championship. And uh, in this case, I'm talking about the women's championship uh, that you know was passed between Allison K and Thunder Rosa. And just uh, just recently, uh, after Mission Pro uh, run it back, Allison Kay had some words for Thunder Rosa challenging her to a cage match in the future if MPW has the budget for it, so uh, there's been some trash talk going on before. Of course, Allison K is one of the greats, one of my favorites. Rosa. of course, she her reputation speaks for itself. But uh, we have now the makings and the workings, and we heard from Rosa. potentially uh, here in the very near future. Maybe even in February, we might see Allison K versus Carosa in a steel cage. Ooh.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Brian Brian Rosa just recently on the chat. If you missed it in the last hour, uh, he uh, yeah, I mean he he basically confirmed he is already uh, looking at pricing on cages. So he's already he's already looking for a man. So that feels like it's a uh, a shoe in for uh, what's about to happen. I'd also be remiss if I don't point out that Nick Aldis is echoing Rob. Uh, God save the king, which just got played on BBC National Radio in the UK. Okay, I'm the asshole. I get it. I didn't remember yeah. the name of the song. I'm sorry. I'll 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 figure that's, it out eventually.
2: That's not why you're an a-hole, Gary.
1: You got those post-it notes, notes, don't, don't you? Problem.
0: Yeah, I got them right here. I should write that down. You know yeah, what? Just I will? put it on
1: your computer monitor and leave it there.
0: God save the king. Every time, you know, I always say something different.
1: Man, going back to, to, to Rob's news item, man, that, I I would be so there for that. And we've talked about, we kind of talked behind. I'm you.
0: just kidding. Sorry, Will.
1: That's fine. No, you go ahead. That was, that, was,
0: that was tequila, Gary. I am so sorry. I told I'm you guys. There's
1: a, shadow, there's a shadow side. I told you. <laughs> Come
0: on. Uh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Will.
1: anyways, I mean, we, we, we kind of have an open dialogue about, you know, Rob kind of always, always tries to go to Texas. We've talked about especially after this past week and the three of us, uh, getting to go to a show together, what it would look like to try to get down to Texas in February. So I I can tell you that that match being made official. And if Brian Rosa can find the, the right cage at the right price, then, uh, That'll be on the table. I, I would love to be there for that. So that's exciting.
0: That would be fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, uh, any other uh, standout news uh, you guys want to talk about? I saw WWE announced uh, uh, for Raw this week. AJ Styles is taking on Sheamus, and uh, let's see. Was there something else? They. they I'm just impressed with this. I, I actually found a what's coming up on Monday <laughs> Night Raw thing. It's a uh, Jeff Hardy of the new day versus the Hurt Business, Lana, Nia Jax, uh, and uh, Bray Wyatt is going to be there too. So hey, look, now we know what's happening on Raw. So
1: congratulations. Uh, yeah, that's that must have all happened in the last like twenty four hours because as of yesterday, they didn't have any of that. So look at this guy.
0: Are we gonna talk about how y'all didn't have any diet sodas at the Airbnb? Or nah. You know what, Nick, we yeah. didn't tell anybody we saw you at the
1: Airbnb. We were
0: like keeping <laughs> that on the Dallas. We didn't know what your what kind of information you'd want out there, but uh
1: so Yeah, no diet sodas. We got your
2: next one no diet- though. Send me your brand, we'll have it. Rob, Rob
1: was in Rob next. was in charge. Rob was in charge of refreshments and he only showed up with like Cherry, vanilla, orange, Coke—like I just—you couldn't even have like regular stuff. It was just like I looked at. I mean, I wasn't going to complain, right? Because it was like free stuff that Rob was bringing us, so that was great. But he's like, it's like he 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 gets all the like obscure stuff. Rob's got yeah. Rob's got good taste usually, but
2: yeah, I brought the uh, Parmesan garlic herb pretzels. <laughs> you, <laughs> <know what laughs> <I mean? laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we uh yeah and and uh monster we did have monster regular monster true mm. so, um fun.
0: i i will bring this up uh during a grilling jr podcast this got brought up in the chat so i will uh bring this up uh hey look at that team honest was happy to stop by thanks nick we're always going to be forever in your debt uh we did mention uh well never mind anyway uh going Let's
2: to uh chance, chant let us know what we can talk about what we can't <laughs> how, about, how about that because <laughs> our lips are sealed unless you give us the thumbs up <laughs>
0: yeah i mean so we saw nick honest that was cool uh enzo was at the the show uh dream girl ellie was at the show which rob was a huge fan of i mean i, I was a fan she was great but rob was like an uber James fan walking, also right? Oh, well, does you, you know we also saw your ass, and we didn't want that either, but there we are. <laughs> Whoa. You
1: know. What happened to not sharing anything? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Tequila hits hard.
2: There's a slam on that, first of all. He put spin on that. It ain't like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I
1: turned around. I turned around because I knew it was coming.
2: I was changing <laughs> and y'all. I rented the place. Y'all took the bedrooms. I was on the couch, so that was my room. So I, I changed right there what I'm supposed
1: to do inches inches from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: anyway.
0: Uh, so Jim Ross on his uh, latest, uh grilly Jr podcast. Uh, he was asked if finishers like the super kick or DDT need to be protected, or if it's just part of the evolution of the wrestling business. And here is his response. He says, quote, that evolution of the business is bullshit. Yes, they should be protected. The DDT is a finish. The super kick is just a part of the flow of the match. Now, nobody wins with it. What does that say to you? Does that say guys back in the day were more proficient delivering a DDT or a super kick than this generation where things were evolving? I want some proof of that shit. I want somebody to prove to me that the changing of the wrestling business is what it is today. And it's making a difference. I say, no, I told a kid the other day at AEW that everybody does the same effing spot. All you guys go outside. You cluster up like coils. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side. So you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. They are looking for the Holy shit chance. They love to hear this is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. I don't buy into that. The DDT is a great finish. It should be used as such. Uh, So sounds like we got Tequila Jr. of the latest Grilling Jr. (laughs) podcast.
1: Listen, I I love (laughs) I love Jim Ross for comments like that, and that's I I think that's so cool. First of all, that you know he's obviously he works for AEW, a company that does all the things that he's just criticized and but he still you know has the right to go out and say that and and he's right man I mean I've had that same that same thought where uh you know I think we we did this a lot uh when we were in Tennessee but I watch a lot of old like WCW Saturday night and stuff like that and um Uh, You can find it on YouTube if you just look for it. And when you see something like a super kick or any kind of dive spot, it was like a match ender back then. It was huge. The crowd went nuts and, and he's right. He's exactly right. I mean, now we are like numb to it and you can almost choreograph it and see it coming. So, you know, we talk a lot about AEW and, and how great it is overall for the business, but that is definitely a criticism that I would echo with Jim Ross that you know, you can see that when all the guys are outside the ring, you're like, okay, they're going to all end up over here on this side together. Oh, okay. And there's a dive, you know, it's, 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 it's predictable. And I do think that that stuff needs to be protected. Have they reached the point where they can't turn back maybe, but I would love to see some effort be made to kind of make those things more meaningful again.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, there, there was a time when, uh, a pile driver was devastating, when a a clothesline was devastating. I mean, you had Barry Windham doing the lariat, Nikita Koloff doing the sickle. You got that. You didn't recover. Nobody recovered. I don't care who you were. And it's just, I mean, it speaks to the evolution of not just wrestling, but also the general culture where attention spans are a lot shorter and, uh, you know, people need, uh, people can't tune in and watch a story being told in the match. I don't think it's extinguished. I mean, I still think you have it going on. Uh, quite a bit i mean we watched ron pillman and nick Aldous for instance here just the other night and in, in person and you're not seeing a lot of hotline stuff going on you're seeing some mat wrestling and and some some you know more slower paced storytelling it was fantastic though and uh and there's still a palette for that uh but it, you know more or less so simply because i think uh increasingly and, and don't get me wrong you you have to you have to Keep the kids in mind because kids are a big part of this market and a big part of what pro wrestling is about. I mean, I have kids and they're into it for that reason too. But uh, there has to be a, a point where um, you know you've got to train kids to be able to follow a narrative and 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 to be able to follow a story and to appreciate a lengthy match. And uh, as a lifelong NWA fan, I mean, that was the thing we always stood by. That was we were proud of. It. WWF was doing five minute matches with Hulk Hogan up north. We were having sixty minute matches down here regularly with Ric Flair and kids could follow it. So it's just a conditioning thing, a training thing. And, um, but you know, it's just, a uh, there's a lot of taste there and what one person likes, I mean, who am I to tell them what they like, but for me and for appreciating the, the pure aspects of the sport, uh, a finishing maneuver should mean something. Uh, wrestling should mean something. certainly put in some of the more Lucha style high flying type techniques they're, they're, that's entertaining, but it can't be that. That's just it. And we get to the point where, you know the first pinfall is not going to be it. I mean, they're not going to make a, a. You're not going to get a win with one, two, three, four. You're going to have six, seven, eight, nine, ten near falls in a match, and it just loses, uh, loses its umph. You know what I mean? I mean, it loses its meaning yeah. after so long. Well,
1: well, what happens is, and, and and this is where I come from with it. You know, when I do go back and watch some of that older stuff, there is a clear crescendo to the match. There's like an upward and it gets more and more intense and more and more intense and then it crescendos at the finish. Now you have this like you know th- these big spots those aren't even like the end of the match, you know what i mean? They yeah. they they have these giant spots and then it dies back down and then these giant spots and then by the time you get to the finisher it's not even that exciting. You know, it's not even you're, it's almost a letdown sometimes when you get to the finishes of some of these matches. And we've talked about that before where it's like, you know, I mean, and you've got guys like John Moxley, who his finisher is a variation of a DDT and FTR whose finisher is, is a variation of a pile driver, you know, things like that. And it's like, if you're seeing that all throughout the matches and even in other matches, it just subconsciously gives you this idea that that's not as devastating as it should be. And so when you see it and it's meant to be like this big exclamation point at the end of a match, it doesn't come across the way that it should. So I do think effort should be put into you know, creating those storylines uh, and, and creating uh, that narrative when it comes to moves. To protect that kind of stuff. So I, I had not heard that quote, Gary, till you just mentioned it and it lit a fire in me. So sorry if I'm talking too much, but that's, I got a lot of opinions about that.
0: No, that's what we're here for, man. We're here for the discussion. I mean, I always get a little torn because I want to try to be understanding of that. uh Things evolve and things move on. I I I mean, don't get me wrong, I get the old school guys. It's interesting. Like you hear a guy like JR talk about this, and he's actually working for AEW when it's a similar argument to like someone like a Jim Cornette who's been railing about this exact same kind of stuff the whole time, too. And he's crapped on for it. And I'm sure people aren't happy with JR that probably work at AEW about him going off on it too. But um, it's interesting. I mean, the time has evolved and there's I think the worry is is that like what what happens is is like I mean there should be room for athleticism and like some of the cool stuff you can see but it's like when you use it constantly when like every match has one of those topes out of the ring you know like it's like it becomes less and less special it's like when the Hardys and stuff do the TLC matches or the uh you know the Hell of the Cell match when by the time mankind gets thrown off the top of it it's like well how the how do you top that? You know, like it's, it's uh all of a sudden you, and you could even watch WWE back then for a little while there, everybody's trying it, like any hell of the cell match had to try to get that spot, like some sort of spot. There was Rikishi falling off the top into the bed of that truck and stuff like that. Like they were, they were like, we have to do something where somebody falls off the hell of the cell. And uh, they've had to work themselves back by the way, on the hell of the cell to be like, no, we're not always going out of the hell of the cell and climbing mm-hmm. on the top. It's tough because once you do it, like you're opening that Pandora's box of like what can happen. And especially like you're saying, every time you do this stuff, you do it over and over again. And, oh, yeah. and to your point and, and JR's point, like that, the, the freaking dive out of the ring onto a crowd of people, it's like never won a match in its entire existence. I mean, that's never been a thing that's worked for anything. You know, so it does make you have to take a step back and go like, well, why do people keep doing that? Like you're putting yourself at risk and it never works. It's not anything that's a pleasure.
2: And change doesn't have to be bad. I mean, we're all, we're all, uh, subject to it. I mean, any one of us, unless you're like a real nerd about this stuff, like maybe I am and maybe Brian Solomon and your horn bakers and this and that going back and watching, for instance, a gorgeous George match or a, uh, a Nature boy Buddy Rogers match from the 60s when basically they're grappling on the mat for nearly an hour and there's not a lot of activity. That's going to be hard to consume for this generation, for maybe even you two guys that are younger than I. Um, and, and for a lot of the inner talent, it's just there's there's a way to evolve and be relevant to the time, but still not forget the essence of what wrestling is and to be smart to the fact that there, the payoff has to be a payoff. I think that there's a, there's a proper... Recipe for that, I think the NWA does it. I think Ring of Honor is doing it right now. Uh, so it's not like it's impossible. But I, you know, I guess I want to strike a middle a middle course here. I don't think everything AEW is doing is absolutely terrible. There there's some great matches discussed that happen. I think AEW Dark does a lot of prize fighting. NXT, one of my matches of the week was uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, versus uh, Cameron Grimes. Great match, man. Great match with a very entertaining, very fast-paced. Not a lot of missed sales and and, uh, and false finishes. I mean, it was solid. It's just you got to strike that balance. And if everything is great, then nothing's great. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, you, the great emerges and stands out. And so, you know, you've got certain guys that are always on this and are smart to it. You have certain talent out there that have some creative control that are very, very, very intelligence of how this storytelling methodology works. And then you have people that, that understand what kids need to see and what the, what the, uh, what the general population needs to see. There's a way to do this and mix it right. And certain brands are doing it.
0: I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on AEW either because I'm certain.
1: (laughs) We're both jumping on the defense here. Now I was not saying that at all. I, I was just responding to the, to the idea of protecting things like that spots like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. You do going into dynamite that when the Young Bucks took on uh TH2 or whatever, like that was you knew what you were getting. I think even there were interviews like on, on shows with like before with the Young Bucks saying it's gonna be a good old-fashioned spot fest. I mean, that's that's what they do, that's where they gain most of their criticism. At the same time, I think they've proven that the Young Bucks can have a very legitimate wrestling match, like they have that that skill set. Um mm-hmm it's uh it's just an interesting like you said there's there's a balance somewhere in there so i see the frustration from guys like jr uh i mean at the same time uh take a look at triple a uh uh this this past week and uh what was it triple a mania is that what it is triple yeah,
2: mania. Triple mania, triple yeah.
1: Mania.
0: God, sorry uh so like two hours and 20 minutes in i think you get the kenny omega versus laredo kid match and uh Fantastic match. And Kenny Omega, I mean, I don't know in what real scenario you'd ever do this, but he hits a one-winged angel off the top rope, and it is fantastic. It is just but see, insane. But
1: see, but see, that's an example of it It still had this crescendo. I mean, it, w- it was a, for all intents and purposes, spot fest, but those guys have the ability to go in there and out, out spot themselves <laughs> throughout the match. It's still told... A, a story that had an arc and you know my criticism is in some of these undercard matches where you know these guys are a little more green they're trying to get their legs under them when it comes to this stuff i get that but i think that they focus on the the spot after spot after spot and they're neglecting the finish if that makes sense whereas you know put the emphasis on the finish make that the spot of the match and not all these other, you know, little things leading up to it, because you end up taking away from that finish, which in, in pure wrestling, in, in authentic wrestling, the, the finish should always be the, the climax, you know, that should always be where the fans jump out of their seats, you know, so yeah.
0: I don't want to ever sound like I'm, I'm trying to harken back to, to the days like you're talking about, Rob. I know that time has evolved and not everybody can. I mean, we look back at the uh, Chopa and uh, what's his face?
2: Uh, Thatcher. Wrong. Oh, Thatcher, no, well, yeah. That, yeah. That uh,
0: yeah, just those guys. Like, that was an amazing match. I thought that was a fantastic, good, fun match. But it was not a match for everybody because that was like a pure, like, grappling classic like it was just like the two of them just like really hold for hold going at each other it's the same when you get into the pure rules and ring of honor and that sort of thing i mean i love that ring of honor is doing it i don't know that that uh translates for everybody but that goes back to this lesson we learned this past weekend i mean you could be good you can be bad you can be different and at least ring of honor is trying to to do something different than the other folks uh, regularly, well, and, to,
1: and, and to give AEW the, the benefit of the doubt here, you know, you mentioned Young Bucks versus TH2. Well, a couple of matches later, we got FTR versus the Varsity Blondes, and that was a great wrestling match. That was not a spot fest. That was a, a good classic wrestling match. So it's everything they're doing. We're we're not generalizing, but we are saying you know there is some tendencies to have these spot fest matches, but AEW as a whole. They're, they're really kind of catering to, to everyone somewhere along the line. Um, so they know how to do it. And I just think if they can find a middle ground with some of these guys, that, that they'd be in a better place with fans like us. Because there are fans that don't have the same opinion that we're talking about right now that say, no, I want to see the guys in the air 80% of the match. And that's fine. Like that, that can be pro wrestling for them. We're coming from a very different spot just because of our background and uh, our, our opinions and our preferences and things like that. So. Yeah.
0: Well, fellas, we've, uh we've gone on longer than we expected, just uh, covering all the things we have. So I guess uh, given the last little bit of time we got here, we've talked about some of the matches we would have ranked in the uh, top five. So uh, if it's cool with you guys, I think uh, we should uh, go ahead and use this last little bit of time and uh, just throw it into the crowd. Does that feel good
1: to you guys? I was going to say, man, let's, let's just uh, let's hang out with the people.
0: All right. Well, here we go. Falls count anywhere. We're going to the, the chat. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I'm going to scroll up and start back with some of your comments. And uh, uh, let's see here. Um, the James Lawrence. Let's start with that guy. The evolution of wrestling. uh looks like, Rob, can you see this over? uh Yeah. the evolution of wrestling looks like dance not combat what was really cool about me hanging out with shane douglas was his thoughts on aew since they waste too much energy to look fake yeah uh james larson apparently had uh dinner or lunch with shane douglas this past week he said uh so that's pretty cool but uh yeah shane douglas apparently having similar thoughts to jim ross there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: well and that's a good point too about about the energy you do i mean You know, it's a very athletic, it's a, um, it's an endurance sport, you know, and you have to conserve that energy and that might be a factor too. And the guys are expending all their energy on these big spots and they get to the end and they, they don't have the energy left to make it look as good as it needs to look. Um, so that, that's a great point.
2: You're, you're walking Uh, a delicate, uh, tightrope here when we get into stuff like this and we go back to our debate with, uh. With Dave Marquez about fans and him not appreciating it. it ultimately, I mean, this is you know it, it is part uh, simulated combat sport. It is a sport, but it's also entertainment and it's a product, it's a commodity to be sold and consumed by viewers. So it should tell a story. And I think in Shane Douglas, who I've had some time with in a car for a long, long time, and I respect. I've since forgiven him for Beltgate and all that, which can be probably the worst possible sin that you can do is desecrate that. Uh, that championship, but uh, it's it's ironic to me that Shane Douglas, who is no stranger to controversy, and many people will look at the ECW style that he was so very much a part of as being a bane on the direction of of uh, and trajectory of pro wrestling, and I am one of those. I don't like the direction that ECW spun, you know, directed all of professional wrestling because it pulled it pulled everything in that direction. I mean, it it, it is the harbinger of the attitude era of some of the stuff that was going on in WCW during the Vince Russo days. I mean, uh, so, you know, but, but it was, you know, it's not something and I watched it. I'm not going to get, I watched it when I was young, but, but looking back on it, I think those days were sort of a black spot, an, an ugly spot on wrestling, but it's just me. That's just my opinion. That appeals to a lot of people. A lot of people that I respect, like, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston speaks very glowingly of those things and about that's what brought him into wrestling. That's what kept him off the street. So who am I? Who am I to say that is not? I I just feel like, as a fan, as one among many fans, as one among many people with many opinions, I've got my kind of style that I like, and that's prize fighting. But just me, you know. I'm the 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 world is big enough for all these different strands, and I just think that it's interesting that Shane Douglas. Is going to comment critically on anything, (laughs) you know, because he's probably, you know, and again, I I think that's freaking awesome that Lawrence got to spend that time with him. And again, I have too. He's very, very uh, easy to engage, very cool, but you know, it's not stuff that I like to to digest. I I actually would prefer some of what AEW is doing to that ECW style. No, definitely. It's, I absolutely would prefer it.
0: Yeah. Um, the uh, Lawrence saying he did uh address that ECW gave birth to a lot of garbage there, so uh, yeah. that's uh interesting. Uh, let's see, let's go. Uh, Rob, I know you put in some time into this, so let's give you a chance to shine here on this one. Craig S asking, uh, who caught Impact Final Resolution? So I know, I know you did, I did not get a chance yeah. to see it. I saw some clips on Reddit. Uh, Cause I, I, I spent a lot of time on Reddit in my spare time, especially right before bed and uh, watching stuff on there. So I saw Omega sit down with uh, Carl Anderson and have a discussion and that was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, what, what were your thoughts on final resolution there?
2: Very good show. For those of you guys who have some context and I won't go into a lot of detail. We'll try to draw a few quick points here. Um, just so I don't occupy too much of our remaining time, but, uh, i got to po- point out that we you know, we usually try to do a thing in here where we bury, a, we bury something we don't like. And there is, uh, on an overwhelmingly good and positive card, there's this, this thing they're doing right now with uh, this murder conspiracy involving Johnny Brava that I just think is just foolish, and uh, hopefully they put that to an end. There was a match involving Tommy Drummer, who I respect, who, who has wrestled Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Championship before, uh, and you can't doubt his pedigree, but he's in a match against uh, Larry D. And, You know, if if Larry D. wins, he's acquitted of any murder charges, and if he loses, he goes to jail. I'm like, come on, guys, bruh, <laughs> that's just silly. But for some, it's anything. That's how guys. we should.
1: That's <laughs> how. That's how the American justice system should work.
2: Exactly. That um, sounds like Trump yeah. America.
1: <laughs> that's prize fighting, right <laughs> there. I've ever heard of it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a team in here, uh, an intergender team that I think is like way entertaining. He gives me uh, He gives me Dylan McQueen vibes. Dylan, Mc- Dylan McQueen is one of the treats that we got to see at one t- uh, 127 Pro Wrestling. Very entertaining, but there's this team called the Influencers of Tenille Dashwood and Caleb with a K, who we know in the NWA as Caleb Conley. Uh, we've seen him before. He was a mainstay in the early days of NWA Power. Now he's doing this Influencer thing. I think this junk is funny as a mug, and I'm over here rolling my wife's rolling my kids like my kids think that uh Tenelle Dashwood is cool as can be. She's given big time Britt Baker vibes. I mean, she is cool as can be. And they end up winning this match against Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards. Uh Alicia formerly uh one of the friends who was associated with the influencer. So that was kind of cool. That's one of the things I to put over today. Um there is this uh very interesting um um uh, Rocket, uh, Rohit defeat challenge, final Rohit defeat challenge. The uh, current, or the, I would say up until final resolution, the X Division champion was uh, Rohit Roju, who uh, just one of those guys that we spoke about, um, Jasmine a little earlier, is so reprehensible that you can't stop looking at him. He's so entertaining. He's, he's just and got he, that
0: voice. Like he's just, yeah, he's got you're just like you're annoyed with him.
2: Yeah, just it sounds like a so, like like MJF little, man. It's an MJF. Got a lot of AEW. <laughs> in there. He's an AEW guy. You get that same kind of vibe, man. It's just so unlikable that you love him. You know, love to hate him. And he uh, he does this uh, this uh, uh Rahit defeat challenge where he takes open challenges from anyone in the back, and uh, except for one guy. And that guy is TJP, but for some reason through the narrative is not allowed to get a shot at the championship. So who emerges but a man named Manic uh, in a mask? And this is, again, an old gimmick. This is very much an allusion to old references in the past, like the Patriot with Hogan and uh, the Midnight Rider with Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, this is this is presumably TJP because he's got the exact same tattoo pattern the same build, same mannerism, same style, and he comes in, and although TJP can't challenge for the X Division Championship, man, it can, and he does, and he, of course, wins this match and wins the championship. And then we have something I've seen referenced multiple times in the chat tonight, uh, the knockouts championship match between Rosemary and Deanna Prazo, um, uh, and she is phenomenal. This is a big-time chick who is, and I don't mean any disrespect by saying chick. She's a, a fantastic wrestler. One of the best in the world, definitely putting off Camille vibes along with, I think like Raquel, um uh, uh, Gonzalez from AEW or from WWE NXT. This is a larger, very strong woman, um, who is very physical and many people consider her to be the best in the world right now. And there, they wouldn't be, you know, there, there's definitely an argument to make right there. Uh, so, uh, Fantastic, man! I mean, th- this was uh, a resolution. Was a lot of fun. Of course, the uh, my favorite event of the night probably happened at the conclusion of the world championship. I'm sorry, forgive me. The Impact Championship match, <laughs> uh, which is an open way title, they call it a world title, but it's not. Only only if Magnus holds it, then it's a world title. But yeah, between uh, uh, Chris Bay and Rich Swan. And this match is a lot of fun. It's very fast-paced. It looks like a cruiserweight match. It goes on for close to 20 minutes. But my, uh, my favorite point of this match is at the end after Swan wins it very cleanly, something you don't see a lot of, clean finishes, and this was a clean match. But Moose comes out carrying that TNA World – sorry, that TNA Heavyweight Championship. Um, and it's just massive compared to the Impact title. It's bigger. Moose is a big guy. He holds both belts, hands the impact belt to uh, to Swan, and then there's obviously the stare down and the presumable uh, showdown coming between Swan and Moose for what would be the undisputed impact title. Uh, I would imagine. Not a bad that, that show. feels like,
0: that feels like it needs to happen. I feel like uh, we need to see Moose, and I like I, I like Moose. I think Moose is cool. Uh, honestly, myself, uh, I like his uh, just. I don't know his power. Like he, he just, he looks like a badass.
2: his own. And his only, Hey, he doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. His only vice oh <laughs> here in Swami Brockets is claiming to be the real world's champion. And we know that there's been one of those.
1: You, you're not quoting them. You're quoting the champ. That was his That's quote. Right.
2: Exactly. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Talk about Eli right.
0: Drake. The, uh, but, uh, Oh man! Anyway, all right. I, I wanna, well, uh, I want
2: to
1: jump in here and really quick because I just saw this. Um, but Dax Dax Harwood, I guess is his name now, right? From FTR. Uh, yeah. He he tweeted a reply. This was eight hours ago, but I just saw it to um, the response to Jr's comments that you just mentioned, and this is just great. This is why FTR is the number one tag team in the world. Um, but he said. Imagine not listening to criticism from the men and women who've shaped our profession and paved the road that allows you to make a living, just because they hurt your feelings. Uh, Whew. Listen. Hmm. Knows what he's talking about. Anyways, proceed.
0: No, oh, that's uh that's interesting. Good old Dax. that just got me going. Uh, let's see here. So uh, next up on the list, uh, I did want to give a shout-out to our friend DJ Duck, who's a first-time viewer tonight. Uh, Do you think we'll get Aldis versus Omega or Bullet Club reunion at AEW and WA Impact, AAA, and JPW takeover? Uh, I I think it'd be fun to see. I I think anything's (laughs) on the table right now.
1: We talked about this pretty at length um, when we were hanging out this week, I think. Um, I mean, gosh, there's, I don't think there's anybody who wouldn't want to see that. Um, my question is how do we get there and does it make sense? Um, what, what does that look like? I mean, you know, I think I gave my opinions on Wednesday about the whole belt collector thing. I'm not a huge fan of that angle. Cause it's, doesn't feel sustainable um, but uh, you know I, I don't know I don't know personally if I would want to see the 10 pounds of gold get caught up in that um, that whole storyline because I, I feel like it may devalue it I mean I, I did watch you know Kenny Omega uh, the match from last night at Triplemania and it was great and that triple-a title is prestigious and everything like that but it it seems like this whole storyline is to make the AEW world title look like the Supreme title. And I just don't know if I would want right now for the 10 pounds of gold to get caught up in that. I, I don't know. What are your guys thoughts?
2: Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, all, everything you said, I think we, we mentioned that, like you said on Wednesday, I think probably very close to, closely aligned to what you're thinking. I think when, when it comes to the potential for Omega and an Aldis when you're at that level, when you're at the level of a Kenny Omega, a Cody, a, you know, a Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis, the world is very small. They're all, they're all comrades. They are in conversation with each other. They all watch each other with great respect and interest. And I would just say that, you know, anything's possible these days, man. Anything's possible. I mean, we, you know, in 2021, who knows what's going to happen. I would say that, um, the, the universalist thing that guys like Kenny Omega have for the NWA championship, which he does, he's 74, before, uh, would certainly not uh, preclude an opportunity to see this match. Right now, Kenny Omega is everywhere, man. He's in AAA. He's in Japan. He's obviously holding the AEW championship. He's one of the hottest commodities. I think we, we said it the other day. I think this attitude change is the missing ingredient ingredient to making his character really more intriguing to to people like us and uh the only thing is that you got a guy with a lot of attitude like omega and a guy with a lot of attitude like all this i'm not sure that that's the right chemistry right now but it would be a lot of fun and um gosh man who wouldn't want to see that and and you got two guys that i think both if things could be arranged in the right way and all you know the world being equal and people being behind it you got two guys like all this and omega who would love to make it happen and are in position to make it happen so who knows? It's possible. Yes, probable. Gosh, I don't
0: know, man. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I think, I don't think it's the most improbable thing in the world. I mean, like, like you're talking about. I mean, you're already talking about a uh, a company that has a open relationship with the NWA right now. AEW NWA clearly can work together and are working together. So you, you gotta think that that's that's something out there that, that I, I I think you'd be crazy to think it hasn't been discussed already. Honestly, I I imagine that at some point the topic has come up. You, you think, right? Like maybe in their
2: private private discourse, you know, these guys, like I said, they're, they're all, they all respect each other. The world of, of the top tier top echelon performers in this business is very, very small. They all share each other's phone numbers. They are all chatting back and forth. They're all, they're all fantasy booking themselves. And I guarantee you all this in Omega have talked. I guarantee you they have.
0: <clears throat> um, Brian Lang would like to, uh, hear our impressions of the entrance and fan reaction to Dylan McQueen. <laughs> third, third
1: things. I'm going to pass on that one. I don't know if you guys want to, <laughs> uh,
0: I will say this for my reaction to Dylan McQueen. I own a Dylan McQueen shirt right now. And, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's it's currently I haven't I haven't put it on yet, but I did receive a DM from D- Dylan McQueen saying I want to see my boy in the shirt, so make sure you post pics. And so,
4: like yeah. he's well,
1: a- Gary, I'll I'll jump in because I don't know. you might have scrolled up and missed this, but the champ has weighed in on our last conversation. Says I see a lot of chatter about Omega, but there's someone else I've got my eye on to really prove that I'm the best in the world. So
2: like that. Of course see you are the best in the world champion. You you have proven it and you have the trophy that says it, but that's intriguing right there. Now I'm a that's, now I just got my second win. We're going another two hours, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> I got
0: nowhere
2: to
1: gonna gonna work tomorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's
0: it. Uh I know. Did you guys see my Vin Diesel shirt?
1: I did. I've been noticing. I, I was assuming that said Vin Diesel. I just kept seeing Vin.
0: Feel like I do. That's custom baby.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: Dylan, McQueen, man. Dylan McQueen was a lot of fun, man. He was. Uh, he, now this guy makes a living going around and provoking. He comes out to the ring. He's got a Biden, a Joe Biden mask, which you know I've made no. You know, my, I, I, one thing I appreciate this crowd is you guys don't kick me to the curb just because you know that I'm, you know, that I lean to the right, which is okay. It's fine. It's a free country. But he comes what? to the. <laughs> He comes to the ring with this Biden mask on, calls himself Joe Biden's favorite wrestler. The crowd, especially in a place like Grimsley, Tennessee, they're not having it, man. They are raucous. There's about, man, his merch table, boy, there was about to be a riot. You got to yeah. have some go
0: The thing you got to know is you're in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, and uh, this is a very uh, flamboyantly uh, active person. Like he's, he's uh, uh, just uh, – he's, he's got his thing going on and you can imagine how that plays where he's at. And so, uh, for us, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun to watch but there are some, you know, in, in places like that, there are people that still take this thing very, very seriously. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, props to him because he looked ready to back up anything that he needed to. So, you know, <laughs> good on him. But uh, I, I I was impressed enough that I got a Dylan McQueen shirt. I liked him. I thought he was cool.
1: Yeah, he was great.
0: Uh let's see here. What else have we got going on? We'll uh, we'll stick around till we get to the bottom of this chat. If you guys see anything, uh, James Lawrence world titles get defended on different continents, like the NWA World Championship, other supposed world or universal championships or company championships. He says. Uh so
2: he's right. He's one hundred percent right.
0: Uh, Alliance wrestling in the house. Thanks, Jay Cal, for hanging out with us. This Marvel partnership with Triple H—something that wrestling fans should be paying attention to. Could this be a prelude to Disney promoting professional wrestling? That's been talked about a lot. I mean, that's a, that's I feel like that's always been out there. That what if Disney were to try to get into the pro wrestling biz? And uh, I think Will and I actually in the car uh, had a conversation about like who would possibly buy WWE and uh Disney was one of those names out there. Uh, you know, like as who's, who's going to drop four bill on a company to own it and just run it. And, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a tough place to be because I don't believe in companies owning a monopoly over anything, especially entertainment. But, uh, and it, it and it makes me sound like I'm a capitalist and I don't want Rob to think that. And, uh, God.
4: <laughs>
0: but I'll tell you what, if you saw any of the announcements this past week from Disney Plus, like with the new Marvel TV shows and the new Star Wars shows and Pixar shows, I'm just like sitting over here, like 2021, <laughs> 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 like, my year, baby. Uh, anyway, hope COVID don't get me before I get to see uh, uh, the new uh, Star Wars stuff. But anyway, well, you gotta catch up, man. Bunch of new Star Wars co- stuff coming out, so you got you got to. Jump on the bandwagon, pal!
1: Oh yeah, let me do that right now. Boop, 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 boop.
0: That's how it works. Front row wants to see Diana Perasso versus oh,
1: Thunder Rosa. Me too. Me too. Oh, we Listen, all. <laughs> Diana Perasso. is my. I mean, she's at the top of my list. Um, I, I, I've been a fan of hers since I first saw her in Ring of Honor, and I am um, beyond happy that she's getting. Um, the attention she deserves right now. So that would be a dream match for me, seeing those two ladies go toe-to-toe.
0: So um I'm going to throw to Roxas79 here and tell – you guys help me out here. What am I missing? Because I may have missed Aldis' – like what he was going for here. But uh Roxas79 says, How does one kid be considered one of the best in the world when they couldn't hack it in NXT? A great performer should be able to thrive in any scenario, in my opinion. What is he talking about?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, NXT is not the measuring stick in pro wrestling. So I'll disagree with you on that one. There's been plenty of people who didn't hack it in NXT and became superstars. So,
0: huh? Interesting. I wonder, weird. So, uh, Willa says Star Wars sucks now that Disney took over, but Lucas was the first to ruin the franchise. So there you go. Just note that, uh, maybe I shouldn't watch it. All right, folks, if there's any other stuff you want to get in, now is the time to jump in on it. Who do you think Nick Audis is talking about there in the chat when he talks about the, uh, best in the world? Uh, I hope he's talking I don't know talk about, Okada. Oh, uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about uh, CM Punk, me. who's been in the news recently? He was on Renee uh, Paquette's show talking about uh, his interest in pro wrestling again. Did you guys see that?
1: Yeah, I saw
0: it. <laughs> well, don't sound too excited. Uh, well, the- he's, I
1: mean, that's not, I don't want to see Nick Aldis versus CM Punk if that's what you're asking. Well, all
0: right. It's a hot take. I mean, I would about.
1: watch it. I would watch it. I'm just saying there's, there's a, a long list of people I'd rather see before that active wrestlers who have wrestled in the last decade.
2: Shoot, man. Uh, I mean, here's, here's some I'd like to see too, that I'd like that, that might not be active. Like I've, I've always thought about like seeing the great Muda come back, you know, against, cause they had that little in- exchange with each other. All of a sudden Muda did, you know, uh, some time back. And, uh, obviously we see Jericho's name being tossed about. That would be freaking amazing. Um, well, James
0: Lawrence says it's Jericho. DJ Duck says CM Puck. Paladin says it's Cody. Brian Rosa says it's Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: um, so, uh, it's, it's interesting. Alliance Wrestling says, I think Nick Aldis is pointing out directly to Ring of
2: Honor. Uh, what would you think Roosh, then? Uh, gosh, man. Uh, because russian russian uh, Ruchin, Ooh,
0: uh he does have some stuff i mean he's got a storyline built with rush already he's got a storyline yeah, built with PTO already there. all this he's has got a bit is in ring of honor so yeah
2: he's done uh, he, he's only two or three men to make sting submit ever um uh, so I don't know that the sting thing would be a deal, but I, that'd be intriguing. Nah, of course, not man.
1: not <laughs> Sting at six, not Sting at 61. But
2: yeah. No, right. that that a, not not bad. Bad. But Roosh, man, that would, uh, that'd be because they had a little alliance there for a while. Right. When, uh, uh,
4: didn't they well they did, them?
0: but 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 what happened is that yeah, exactly what you're talking about. It was uh PCO and wasn't it Brody King or was it Marty? I can't remember, but they faced off against Roosh and Aldous, and, and Roosh left Aldus. Yeah, but Roosh right. abandoned Aldous in the middle of the ring and allowed him to get double teamed, and PCO got the pitfall over Aldous in ring of honor that was the last time he was in ring of honor so that's why i say all has some story uh if you wanted to pick up on pco or roosh all has some unfinished business right in there uh that you could uh lean into um the uh i want to point out uh dave scooby real quick if we could dave scooby i swear to god i'm not in enter- uh avoiding you. Uh, He's wanted to point this out. And as it should be, if you, if you get a chance, watch championship wrestling from Hollywood this week, the bodega are the new UWN tag team champions. So uh, they, they, so shout out to Papa Esco and our boy, Danny limelight for uh, winning the gold there. I guarantee you that's not the last time they'll be seeing gold. Those guys, we've been uh, fans of them since they started and uh, I'm happy to see them finally, get some recognition there uh i haven't seen the show yet but i i just know that that uh happened uh craig s wants to see mr aldis defend the 10 pounds of gold against kinto Miyahara in all japan pro wrestling uh let's see mm-hmm. Brian rosa is just trolling up in this junk he is just saying uh uh t- Nick Alderson AEW imagine all the dream matches Nick versus Marco stunt Nick versus jungle boy Nick versus John Silver (laughs) the uh,
2: let's look at who he has beaten in AEW Brian Cage Jake Hager he he both he beat every single one of those guys and you know that's right yeah you know so
0: James A. Jackson Jr. brings up uh jonathan gresham and that would be fun Ooh. uh
2: gresham yeah
0: yeah uh jason uh fight uh coming on the chat says girls has been active on instagram lately uh if and when he returns to roh do you think they finish the storyline in 2021 that's an interesting question do you think they it's a tough one yeah.
1: uh, it's on about that
0: yeah, it. Um, I mean, they they built all up to it. The, the pandemic just like shut it down. They had put in a lot of work into that. Yeah, I think up. we'll
2: see. I think we'll see it because it, it was a good rivalry, and uh, the 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 match that they had was was timeless. Um, and again, it, this was what we were expecting at Crockett Cup. I, I think you know they've got unfinished business. We're going to see it again.
0: Willie hey, Bowen well. wants to see Brian Pillman versus Nick Aldis. Uh Willie Bowen, I'm gonna ask you to check out this show a little bit later and go back to the front of the show. We just saw that match uh on Thursday. We were there live. We saw Brian Pillman versus Nick Aldis, and Brian Pillman did not succeed. Sorry to break it to you. But uh
1: that Rob didn't is still with us, so <laughs> the champ is still the champ. That's how you know.
2: Seen stanza, man. We seen for Thursday. If, I'm worried if about counter, it. If,
1: if that counter ever drops and we show up looking like this, you, you know, I'll <laughs> drop the belt. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, does
0: scary Cross regain the NXT title soon? Yes,
1: good question. Yeah,
0: yes, he does, and uh, because he should have never lost it. But he and the smoke show are buddy. And uh,
1: that, he's back this, this Wednesday, right? He's back yeah. back I'm in
2: returns, man. You had uh, you had uh, Killian Dane, you had uh, Finn Balor, and you had Kieran Cross all make the returns to NXT.
0: Yep, that is true. Um, and let's see here, what else What? uh, oh, he was talking about Diana Paraso earlier when he was talking about the not hacking in, in NXT thing.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I will, I will. Also come to her defense and say, and I'm not sure if this is what you're saying, Rock says, but Deonna Perazzo was great in NXT. She actually debuted on the main roster before she was fired, along with Rusev and all these other EC3, all these other names who are outshining anything they ever did in, in WWE. So, again, I don't think being able to hack it in NXT is, is the measuring stick for greatness. Uh, Deanna Perazzo's incredible. And just because she wasn't given the time to shine, doesn't mean she's not good. So I don't, again, I don't know if that's what you're saying or implying, or if it was like a tongue in cheek comment, but yeah, that's yeah. that's my on that.
2: The virtuoso is the real deal. I think you just have to watch her uh, when given the opportunity to, to, to be out there like this Rosemary match, man. It's great match. There were so many good matches that, you know, we normally do our top five of the week, man. I had a hard time nailing it down to five. I had like 20 honorable mentions. <laughs> well, several-
1: you. We're out of time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are out of time. Uh, we have gone over
0: a little bit just to hang out with you folks. And we're grateful to every single person who joined us today. Thank you so much. Uh, for being here. Uh, And uh, we we got some great coverage with the great Brian Rosa. We want to give a shout out to Mission Pro Wrestling, as always. Uh, Thunder Rosa, Brian Cervantes, uh, great friends of the show. We can't say enough good things about those folks. God bless you for being here. And thanks for joining us for a recap of Run It Back. Rob gave us a great rundown on Impact's final resolution there. We covered some big news in the show. Uh, we also talked about the time in Grimsley, Tennessee, that we all got to spend together with uh, Brian poet Jr. and Nick Aldis. That was a blast. And we gave you something to chew on because uh, Nick Aldis threw out some kind of grenade here in the middle of the chat, showed up live in the chat and said, he's got his eyes set on someone who calls themselves the best in the world. Who could he be talking about? I guess uh, stay tuned. We're gonna find out. Nick Aldis is active again after I guess uh, he got the the taste for action. What he's got, the Brian itch. Smith Jr. Yeah, he got the itch back. He's he's uh, he's going out again. Guys, we had a great audience tonight. Thank you so much for being here, seriously. And uh, if you're new here, like DJ Doug, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for subscribing, and uh, please make sure to continue. To subscribe, subscribe to us uh, here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like button. You can hit the little bell icon. and lets you know anytime we go live. Uh, Because we got some plans for how we go live. We'll talk about that more in upcoming shows. But uh, the next time you will see us live is going to be on Wednesday. We'll be back and we'll get our midweek recap in in the can. And we'll talk about everything that's happened up until then. Any new news that's uh coming out and uh we can't wait to see you guys there uh seriously if you were watching and you weren't in the chat thank you so much for just watching and hanging out with us we love you guys and we're grateful for all of your participation make sure you hit us up uh over on the website nwafam.com you can uh hit us up there and we've got great merch there uh really really cool designs and stuff i think you'll dig uh will worked hard on that stuff and it uh it looks really really good and uh make sure if you're still looking for a uh christmas present for dad he needs to uh trim the hedges if you know what i'm saying so hit up manscape.com they got some great deals some great packages over there no pun intended uh but uh use the promo code Pod. you get 20 off and free shipping uh Guys, you have anything else you wanted to add for the people before we uh, cut out here?
1: No, just thanks for joining. It's always fun to to hang out with everyone. Thanks to uh, to Brian Rosa for joining us. That was a treat, and uh, can't wait to talk some more wrestling on Wednesday. I did that just for you, Rob. Wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's nice to meet Brian Leg too. By the way, just to throw that out as always. And uh DJ Duck, thanks for joining us. He'll be watching what time on Wednesdays. Usually we hit it about set six, six on Wednesdays. Six or five on Wednesdays. Yeah. And we, we usually go a couple of hours there just to recap the uh midweek and uh, just talk about news and just whatever is on you guys' minds. So DJ uh duck, we'd love to have you. Thanks for uh thanks for finding us here. And uh make sure you tell anybody. Uh, Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone, this is pro wrestling. This is where you want to be. We talk about, we're trying to make a great community where the lapsed fans and even the new fans that want to dodge all the crappy fans can come to and hang out. Uh, So welcome. Welcome, all of you. It's so good to see you. Rob, do you have anything else to add before I make this any more awkward? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no, thanks for everyone. Brian Lang, we got we also got to meet Mrs. Lang at uh in Grimsley, Tennessee. So it was uh fantastic to meet the entire Lang family there. And uh, and so that was a treat, but uh, again, like like Will said, salute to uh Brian Rosa for hanging out to the champ for gracing us with his presence in the chat. Uh, this is the best community, we have a lot of fun, we enjoy it. Um, and uh, you know, come hang out on Wednesday.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, God bless you all. Do you get my God bless you for the night? God bless all of you. Thanks for joining us. That's at, Hey, it's Will. I'm at, this is Gary Horn. And of course the doctor is at, this is Dr. Stinson. The show is at the end. No wait. At T I P W show on all the social media stuff. You can find us and uh, hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear more about, what you like, what you don't like about the shows. We're always open to discussion and uh, we'll, uh, we'll head out for now, but until next time, enjoy.